we are not dead. We are not dead. We exist. We're still a podcast, and I am your producer, Jay. Welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I am with a couple of gents, colleagues, friends, drinking partners that have switched from whiskey to coffee today because this is a earlier pod for us. How are you gentlemen doing? Introduce yourselves. Uh, this is Breezy, and you don't know if I have whiskey in my coffee or not. That's true. Nobody asked, and I passed right by your bar cart while you weren't paying attention. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. We're back in the studio. You can probably tell from the sound quality we're not in my house, which it's a lot nicer in the studio, so this is really good. And uh, yeah, I, we miss Co Smitty here, but yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's good to be back. How are you, Matthew? I'm good. Uh, the coffee is the coffee is just starting to hit, and there's definitely no whiskey in here. Uh, you know it's a serious podcast when when we're putting down the the drinking for a little bit. Yep, that's true. You know what? When you said there's no whiskey in here, immediately in my head, I said, "Yep," because that's just she's at your apartment. Hey, I almost <laughs> said the same hey. joke. I can't believe he didn't make that joke. <laughs> I know, I know. I was waiting for it. I'm like, you teed yourself up, Matt. I knew you Shit. guys would come through. Yeah, well, we tend to do that. Well, um, what are we doing today, Producer Jay? Man, I think we're going to give ourselves a slight heart attack and talk about the season. What do you guys think? <laughs> Anxiety attack. As, yeah. as, if, as if we haven't had enough heart attacks this season. Oh, yes. boy. Let's have a big one. Well, we are going to kind of put a bow on the season, talk about each individual game, spend like a couple of minutes on each game, talk about statistics, talk about the way we feel about the season, and then, you know, Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll discuss if our New Year's resolutions were touched in any way. Too possibly, we did have a New Year's resolution pod. Um, so, so two things. Uh, number one, I think we should touch on our New Year's resolutions, but they're not done. The season is true. over. That's, but that's the, true. I, I, and it's it's it, it would it would be less of a like. Well, they didn't do this. You know, it would be more of like. Well, you know, I mentioned this on and the it way happened. to exactly. Yes, yes, and I and agree. that's nice to see. We can, po- we point can of do that. point of personal order. Uh, point of personal privilege. Yeah. Can someone find my New Year's resolution? Yeah, I can. I, I, I well, I, I need to go back, and I'm not. I, I'm not going to do that before we discuss it. Obviously, because we're all talking in the microphones currently. But I do remember a couple of mine. I think. Yeah. Well, but you know, like, that, that, that's not something we have to harp on in any. Yeah. Put it this way. Let's ask about specific ones if we want to, and then if somebody wants to talk about theirs, we can. But we don't have to do a full recap of of them. Um, the good. other thing is, I. I, I don't know if you guys agree with this. I think you will. Uh, any players or players' families listening right now, we love you. Uh, this is not meant to be, whether it gets negative or not, um, based on the season review, this is not personal. Yep. Um, totally not I, personal. Like, you, this is a family. Except for Ryan Marcano's created. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, a friend of just the kidding. podcast, Ryan, we love you. We and love he, and he's, he's, a, he's an incredible ref at HBC. Yeah. No, Ryan, we, we, the other day. we love you. We will beat up Producer Jay after that for saying that mean thing. I'll beat myself up. Um, no, so just... Like before we, if we get negative, like this is, there's nothing personal here. Like if you're mad at your sibling because you're, or you're disappointed in how your sibling did something, you don't love your sibling any less. This is a family. We love you. We might be disappointed in results or we might be happy with results depending on it, but it has no bearing on how we feel about you individually or as a collective. It's just sometimes you're disappointed in results. So please don't, uh, if you can, don't take any of those things personally because we still love all of you just the same. All right. Well, well what, said. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a great cap to uh, begin us going into our preseason friendlies that happened. Or yeah. Do you, or do you, do you want to start yeah. from our last preseason friendly and go so, forward? No, let's, so, let's go over each one of them really quickly. We weren't there for a lot of them, but yeah. it's, let's just take it chronologically. So we had Birmingham first, Birmingham Legion. So Birmingham was a, a literally a scrimmage. I think they played three thir- three thirty minutes or or two three forty five. That was it was some Something. weird setup. It was, so it wasn't like a real um, game necessarily. That with in front of fans, it was closed doors. 
Uh, we lost three nothing, I think. Three to one. Three to one. We lost three to one. Um, you know what we learned from that is uh, we did not get absolutely dominated because it was three one, so it wasn't ten one. But right, not not much else to learn. I don't think from that one. Then, Bir- Birmingham's a pretty decent team. Too. Right, they so are. Like and and obviously uh, when when they started, Jay Heaps is their I believe their club president, and he came from he came from New England Revolution where Coach Fuller was. Uh, for a time, so having having a connection into, you know, a, a USL Championship team, so that y- it is a good barometer. Uh, cool, and a, and a close by, and a, yeah, it's close, and, and it's a good barometer for for how uh, for how the team will be in That's preseason. Cool. Well, then, and, and we, we also got a quick, uh, just a quick shout out there. But there's also a we got a quick sneak peek into uh, the eventual signing of Caio da Silva, who was on trial at that point at Birmingham and played against us. Fun uh, in that fact. Game. Uh, Birmingham right now is also on top of the Eastern Central Division, uh, USL Championship. In yeah, that's so they they to get really nerdy about a, a league we don't really care about. Uh, they broke out their Eastern and Western conferences into smaller divisions uh, to try to minimize travel a little bit, uh, given the, all the COVID realities and whatever. Sure. Uh, so they're in a division with with Louisville City, who we will talk about in a second. Um, and, and some of these other teams, uh, Louisville City is usually one of the best teams in USL, and they're currently leading that division uh, by by a couple points. Okay, that's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good it's a good team, is what I'm what I'm trying to say. And then we played KSA out of Atlanta, which is more of an academy system that leads up to an NPSL side. UP, UPSL. They've got a UPSL, UPSL side. UPSL, okay. The thing about KSA is uh, it's a place, that, and, and this is mostly where their UPSL side comes in handy. Like it's just a place where where guys can go in between contracts in between, you know, college, whatever, and get, and get some training and, and do some things. So like they've, their roster turns over a lot. It's also a great Uh, breeding ground for youth talent. There's like, there's some players scattered around even the world that have, that have gone through there. And Uh, shout out one of their old employees who was a, also a previous employee at HBC, but is now back with the foundation, uh, Santi. And he's back at HBC. I've been seeing him, and he's doing a lot of stuff with us uh, here. I, th- I believe through either the the academy, plus having his own soccer school, plus uh, the foundation. But it's good to have him back and have his face around hey. HBC. He's also a listener. Of the is, pod. He, is he the HBC soccer um, school guy? Uh, yeah. Okay. He's I the saw man. that pop. I, I follow them on Instagram. But San, I I, I, uh, his name is Santino. So all right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was a one-one draw. Not much to be learned there. In the sense that we didn't play well, but also the level of competition wasn't super high, so it was a bit disappointing. And and as a in result, those games, but, you're playing guys, you know, 45 minutes. You're playing. I mean, the kids played a, a ton uh, in that in those matches. Like I, I don't, you shouldn't read into preseason friendlies very much. And speaking of preseason friendlies, we move straight from there to Atlanta United. Not their two team, not their uh, their PDL team or anything else. It was their full first team. We went down there because they wanted. Uh, some good competition, and I'm not being facetious. They wanted some good competition, and they brought us in. And uh, that game also was a decent result for us. Three one, three one. Probably the best result, and we can talk about that after Louisville. But I think that's actually the best result of the preseason. Three one against an MLS side. It's good. Also, might be the last time Atlanta United uh, scored three goals in a match. Boom. Possibly. Uh, going straight from, we can skip over that. I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, to Louisville, which was our first game with fans, our first real type of friendly, and I would call it real friendly because it was two forty-five minute halves. It was in front of fans. It was with regulation rules, more or less. Except I think they had unlimited subs. I think that was the only non 
normal rule. Like there wasn't like sometimes they'll have. I mean, just preseason, they can do whatever they want, right? Yeah. So they can, and, do, and the clubs can agree to how they want to handle things. I mean, clubs can literally do three forty-five minute periods, which is not anywhere close to a regular game, and have different starting lineups for each one. They can do whatever they want for preseason. So sure. This was not that. This was a regular preseason match. It's also because it had regular rules because it was in front of fans. Um, we we actually cl- we like for the club because uh, I help with club statistics. Uh, we we count the Louisville match as an official match for CFC, uh, just like you know a goal scored in that match catch, counts the same as in the Legends Cup or in the spring season or whatever. Yeah, it's for not like a, for like a season total, for a season total and for for career numbers. Yeah, because sure. a friend, it, it's a friendly, but it's a real friendly. Sure. It counts as not just a preseason match, but a friendly. And and since and since we've historically counted friendlies, uh, because they were just other games to us. Yeah, we we want to maintain that precedent. So sure. Juan, so Juan's goal, for example, in that game counts towards his CFC total all time total. Right. Yes. And you, you start talking about goals. I know we lost uh, three two. That is a very talented side, and uh, I think the first goal was by Sean um, Hofstadter. But the the play that the goal originated from was from like, James Kasek coming down the left wing, I believe. And that was the first time I said, "Holy shit, that dude has burners!" And dude, he terrorized terrorized that team. Yep. The, the interesting thing about the Louisville got, game hurt. is, uh, I think it was the second to last game that Hackworth coached at Louisville before he stepped down. Are we saying James Kasak killed John Hackworth's career? <laughs> I think John Hackworth's going to be okay. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say John Hackworth killed John Hackworth's career. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Um, but that, what we did to them in the first half caused uh, you know going up one zero you know we should have it should have been three zero going up two zero we had a we had a great first half uh, it was not two zero was it became one one yeah two, yeah they, um, they drew but because we because we only we went up and it was one zero us then two one them yeah and then two two oh, sorry, they I'm having, tied it i'm having, I'm flashbacks. having flashbacks from uh <laughs> yeah. from this weekend we'll get don't there t- don't talk don't, don't uh, stop <laughs> so so uh they like louisville had to come out they they put like they already playing a decent side, but it was a bit of rotation. They started bringing out like their their you know their big time starters, the rest, the rest of their starters, and and switch formations, yeah, because uh, they couldn't they they couldn't handle you know well, they Juan, couldn't handle our, our well group. Juan scored uh, I don't remember what minute it was, but it was a nice play, kind of a, a bobble in the box that fell out to him, and he crammed it up top. I'm pretty sure like beat right it, beat right. a guy and beat the guy near post yep and it was a, a great goal which tied it up but then they came back and scored a, a wonder goal i'm pretty sure not well, a wonder goal one but of it the was best a, goals i've seen in a it was in a, a while it was a beam it was a really good shot cameron lancaster lancaster former tottenham hotspur cameron lancaster okay. nice also shout out to niall mccabe former cfc player mm-hmm. who played did he play yeah yep, yep. and the shadow hooligans gave him a really really nice um, memento. They gave him a uh, a tifo with him side to side, a side by side, basically CFC jerseys yeah, yeah. and Louisville jerseys. It was very very cool. He should have drank Diet Coke and Mentos. <laughs> Sorry, when you said memento, uh, I mean, oh. went to Mentos and then I, Diet Coke. Yeah, you know how you can make them explode. blow things up. Yeah, so don't, let's don't make so let's stop. <laughs> let's stop here before we go to before we move into the Legends Cup. At this point in the season, where where are you guys heads at in terms of like how do we look? Like what, what do you think? Like, what's your optimism level going in? Um, I mean, I you know what's funny is I was having this conversation. My friend Zach moved back from Atlanta, and we went to that first game. And it, it, we'll talk about the the result and everything. Um, but his immediate, even when we were down, his immediate reaction was, "Yep, this itself was worth moving back from Atlanta <laughs> to have." And 
and he would go to United games, you know, but he was like, this is just, this is where I belong. This is just like what I love and stuff. And we were having this discussion when he was saying that, that we, I like coming out of COVID with, you know, but, but having a, a decent tournament to play in, but also having a lot of the same squad, but a lot of people gone, like it just, I didn't really know how to feel. I, I literally was going to the first match and I was like, I, you know, I, I have no idea what to expect. It just felt good to be back. That, yeah. That's all I could think of was like the Louisville game was a party. Yep. Yeah, and I yeah I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of nooners. You uh you, you took the party part <laughs> pretty shout, seriously. There. Shout out for uh, the for nooners being available at CFC games. I, I'm you know you may think I'm a bitch for drinking those, but no 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 you drink what you want, man. I freaking well I mean we drink swells here sometimes anyway. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Breezy, <laughs> uh, so, what about you? So I, I echo the same emotional. Um, I was in exact almost the exact same emotional place Jay was talking about. I was just so happy to be back. I, so happy soccer was back. So happy we were back. Um, and we were back where we belonged, where I belonged. You know, in, back in the supporter section. Even though we were, you know, we still weren't doing any organized chanting. We just drums basically, and you know, it was different. But it was it was so great to be back. I felt like on the field after the Louisville game, I felt good. I felt like we looked really, really good. Um, and I was very positive for the season, which would be built on for the next game. Um, yeah, I, I felt really, really positive. So I felt terrible after KSA because I was like, 1-1 one, one, one against an amateur team. Like I didn't see the game, obviously, because it was closed doors, but I, I was bummed. And then the Atlanta United result I felt was good. Scoring against an MLS club is good. And I was to- coach told us that um, like it should, should have been 3-2. Like we were, we were good. We should have had another goal. So like imagining being in the hunt to being 3-2 against an MLS team, I felt good. Louisville, I thought we were genuinely good, and we got beat by two wonder goals, um, I felt like. So, I, I, man, I felt good. And then, uh, yeah. We also had the Richard Dixon injury during the Louisville game, which was a little concerning. Yeah. And Kasek. Uh, and and, and Kasek, yeah. And and things, yeah. Things you, went from there. You're not going to hear. So, Ma- Matthew, do you want to tell how you were feeling? Yeah, so I felt I felt pretty good. Um, I, I liked... I liked the movement we were getting out of our out of our three five two. Um, I I saw I that's saw, the most pretentious thing you've ever said on this podcast. I liked the three. <laughs> I liked the movement we were getting out of our three five two. I did. Uh, I thought I thought things looked things looked really good with uh, with with Dixon Spielman and Russell. Like uh, all all of those things seemed to be working pretty well. The Dixon injury, uh, and we hadn't signed we hadn't signed Kyo at this point. So you know the Dixon injury happens and it was terrifying. And and we had to move Sean Hofstadter, who was playing forward at the start of the second half because we were making some changes uh, throughout. We moved Sean Hofstadter back to play to play center back. Also remember we were up one nothing for in a the while. 70th, in the it was seventieth minute it roughly was, before they started scoring. Yes. We started scoring. Like, yeah, and Richard went out in like the sixty third or something yeah. like that. So. Uh, and once Richard went out, I kind of just discounted the rest of the game. Like it was just, you know, okay, well, you know, we had a couple injuries here, like a couple of big wonder strikes and it's a friendly, so I'm trying not to take much stock in it right. except for the positive stock that yeah, that exactly. I, when, you know, we were roughly full strength. Um, so I felt pretty good and, uh, and I, I had a ton of optimism and, you know, I thought, uh, we wanted to, we wanted to get a little bit better with the ball. I thought we were, um, we wanted to get a little bit more offensive punch from the run of play, which looked like we had. Um, and the defense was by and large pretty good. Like it might, I, I didn't think I'm not sure. I, I, I even thought for a second, like, Oh yeah, this team could run out and like, you know, really like, you know, make a big run and for like a, a playoff run. If we, is, if this was USL championship or anything, but yeah. you know, I, I thought, I thought the pieces were there to be a pretty good team. Um, and then we moved to the legends cup. 
So so let's go straight into the Legends Cup. I'm actually while while you're talking, I'm, I'm looking at the the subs and the goals for the LA Force four one, and it's just it's hurting me so much because we smashed them, and then we have almost identical game last week. And anyway, uh, we can talk about that more when we get to last week's game. Um, so LA Force, we go out. It's the first game of the tournament. It's, it's the first game of the tournament. It's at we're hosting a bubble tournament at home, and we have fans, and we we line up in a four three three, which was unexpected. Um, because uh, Richard Dixon had gone down. So you had Tate playing right back, and we saw Tate most of the season play at the six, but we had him at right back. You had Kyle, brand new signing at right center back, um, Nick Spielman at left center back, and James Kasek at left back. Um, that was pretty wild to, to see, and we bossed that game. Um, started started out with a Chandler goal, though, correct? Did, we yes. Did go, we did go down 1-0. It, it started out with okay, the Chandler so, Hoffman chance first. That so, was even better. So t- about 10 minutes into the game, we're down one nothing. Twenty minutes into the game, from twenty minutes to ninety, we dominated the game. I should say one hundred percent. You're absolutely right. The first twenty we minutes, tur- we were, turned the game on its head. We did. We yep. did. Um, and coming out of that game, I, I felt good. Me too. I, and what we, one thing that we did, and this will be something that I want to come back to at the end, is we made really. I felt like we made really good adjustments. Right. We conceded the first goal, fixed the defense, like figured it out, and then from then on, we didn't really concede much, and we went on to score. We went up two one. And then I think I don't remember if we started subbing before three one, um, or or if we started um, subbing after three one. I'm sure it's written there somewhere. The the third goal was in the first half. Okay, we, we so, scored we scored three. So in between sec- between twentieth minute and halftime. So, but in the second half, we, we make adjustments, right? We change. Um, in the fifty seventh, we see our first sub, sixty fifth, our second sub, and seventy third, our third sub, and we made um, adjustments defensively, and we just didn't ever look like we were going to crack. We we looked very very good um, on both sides you know, of the ball I, for the rest of that I, game. You know what's funny though is uh, when you say that like yeah they scored first but they and and we did have a little bit of lapse in defense but I still think that that goal was totally against the run of play because right before that goal, Marcus had carved up the left side. Yeah. Marcus had an we incredible were, cross through and Brian almost smashed it in and it was like oh shit like we actually look like we're having some offensive. Like we, we traded here. We traded chances in those first couple minutes. Yeah. Just like back like you know, they had a huge chance that they really should have scored in the second minute. Yeah. Then we then we had ours, then they had their goal. And then and then like, you know, both they didn't really do much the rest of the game. We had like I don't have a half chance, and then the free kick and the goal happens and we're off to the races. Um get in. So Those so the there's words an interesting, that came out of my mouth when that when we scored that. So you mentioned the the four three three in the Richard injury that that forced Tate out to to right back. Uh, the 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 job that the coaching staff did between the practice the day before that game and that game is a masterclass. There was no time to even like line them up in a four three three in practice because of uh, because of how and when the injury occurred. Well, maybe we should do that every game. <laughs> just roll the balls out. It just roll roll, uh, roll the dice on a so, blind formation. And like that's something <laughs> that's something that most people do not know about. Uh, and I and I think it's worth mentioning because yeah. they they like just put their heads together and said, okay, what's the best thing we can do right here against totally what we were planning on playing? Because uh, we've been you know three back most of the season. Yep, most of the preseason. Uh, this yeah, the first game of the most of the most first of the preseason. Game of, first game of the official preseason because these were technically preseason games. They these are not games, preseason games. Thank you very much. They earned uh, there were there were stakes at the end for this tournament. It was not a preseason tournament. Very intentionally. So we had the uh, we had the goal by Juan Hernandez. Then uh, Tate 
uh, absolutely broke ankles. Um, uh, Tate took that guy's soul. Yeah, absolutely. And Cam with the skates. back heel finish. Man, and, and spoiler alert, back heel flip. that guy's soul uh, was was nowhere to be found when he screwed up to cost LA Force the championship. Oh, is that is that the same guy? Same dude. Uh, what was his name? Seamus McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah, that's right. And then my, we Iri- had, my Irish friend Seamus. Then we had a goal by Marcus and then a goal by Sean, which were two... Just I, I felt like that was it was very nice to watch that game and go wow everything feels a little bit clin- clinical, like ha- taking your chances and and like making them count you know because the season beforehand I feel like I mean we were more of a set piece yeah a running yeah. running gun than really a clinical like f- passing finding someone in the box giving them a good chance beating a man and scoring you know so that was a really fun game to watch followed by yeah the 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 more clinical game in New Amsterdam yes which was. An, another really nice, uh, nice win. I, I I feel like uh, that Ian McGrath goal, that first one is uh, that's a gift that will go down in CFC history because that was such a sweet outside the foot. Just so loved it. There's a question you asked last time we did a season review. We actually did it, it was the annual year end review, and and you said offensive and defensive MVPs. And I want to go ahead and for this season give my offensive MVP, and it's Ian McGrath. For for this for this season for me it's Ian McGrath uh, for this spring season he has been he has figured out how to score multiple different ways including winning this game essentially by himself with some help from uh, obviously Brian getting two assists and like other players playing well but I mean that goal was unbelievable yep. and that put us in a position when he scored that goal to play up to play a little bit on the break yep. to not have to push and then you know he went and got a second one uh, and then Breck got a third one in the end I said. Before the Legends Cup, uh, talking about the New Amsterdam game, uh, and I've been reminded of this a couple of times, uh, that New Amsterdam was not 3-0 bad. And I realized we beat them 3-0. New Amsterdam was the... If you look at the types of chances created, the types of of, uh, stuff that they, they prevented us from creating, odds on... If we don't if we don't take those chances, those like kind of little bit low percentage opportunity chances, Brett Jones notwithstanding, uh, that game like they had the better of the play. Uh, yeah, and they, so, like, they missed they missed their chances, and it was and it was so like it they was, it was good finishing from us. Yep, it was, it was poor finishing from them. Yep. But that was so. There, there's an interesting it's dynamic all, it's for this just, game. It's also just getting it done too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And, but and there's the, an interesting. The Brett goal is kind of like you know like that one finicky situation where you have two defenders cam's able to get ahead on it and brett's fucking gone after that you know and it's not like but blown cover i have i have felt i don't know if i've ever felt worse is not the right word uh but like that's a 3-0 victory and i'm and i was looking at it like man i'm really glad we won 3-0 but like there's there's a couple of like okay there's a couple issues here you were what if if you're a college football fan you you were nick sabining yeah, where they're winning like thirty-five nothing, and he's like, "You missed your fucking block <laughs> on that last play." Yeah, I mean, it wasn't two quite, minutes left. It wasn't quite Nick Saban level, but like there were some things that I saw that I was like, "Okay, that's you know, we're gonna have to be better against a better team." Yeah, which it, I I, th- I think it's good to learn and win. And then we played a better team. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. This is where um, this conversation sort of turns a page, if you will, because it, it, it the Detroit game was uh, rough to say the least. Right. What what's your what's your overall thoughts as you look demonically at the screen, Breezy? This is the 
so I, I made, and this is, I guess, a humble brag, uh, or just a brag. I made every single game except for Detroit away um, this season, Homer away, or this spring season, Homer away. And this is by far, even even though we were just at the semifinal where we lost three two and we were up two nothing. This is much more disappointing. This yep, three nothing. Same. This three nothing is one of the worst, mo- probably one of the most disappointed I've ever been. Um, the probably, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know exactly where it ranks. As time goes by, I'll, I'll know more how I feel about it. But it's up there. It's not Sonoma County Soul, but it's 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 up there. It's it this stings was a, ch- a lot. This was a chance to win a trophy at home in front of. Our fans, we had eight days off. We had exactly what we needed. I will accept no excuses about too much time off or any other horseshit. We, we just failed. Yeah. The team was yeah. bad. The guys were bad. Everybody had a bad day. I mean, literally, like, so many guys. If you were giving passing grades, you'd get passing grades to, like, four guys. Yeah. Like, it was... Everybody was terrible. The game was terrible. Everything was terrible. And we lost 3 nothing. And, and Matt's about to come in here with the stats, this and that and the other. And it doesn't fucking matter. We lost and we watched Detroit City celebrate their 19th title in a row or whatever on our field when we had the upper hand. We had, we had exactly what we needed, which was time off to get people healthy. And we lost. And I, and I, will, never, I will never get over that, that game, ever. That was the most disappointing game of the season. And we just lost in a semifinal. Before, like, before you go into what you're going to say, Matt, I, to me... Um, I love how you guys are building this up. That was just a uh, that was just a good team on that day who beat a bad team on that day. They just the guys the guys couldn't connect it. The play, the the I, I think the tactics were wrong as well. I just me personally from what I saw the the playing out of the back was very slow. wasn't really catching up to what maybe we thought it should be. And then there was really no change from that except for putting Spielman at fucking striker, which is like. I liked it, and it, it created a little energy. It's something that we, like, needed at the time, but you don't want to have to do that. You know what I mean? And it just, they they got it right, and we got it wrong on all facets. And, and you know, credit the boys for always working their ass off. I never, there's never a lack of, of trying or effort because and, and our guys understand what it is like to play for our community and, and who we are and who we represent ourselves as as a club. So nothing taken away from them. It's just, you know. You got you got great days and you got shit ass days and that was a shit ass day. Yeah, you you can't but you, it hurts to have that day when you're at home. Oh yeah, to win a, to win a trophy. It's a, it's a diarrhea ass day. But also, it's the most CFC day of all time. Make it to the final Stop. and fuck it up. Stop. So Stop. now that now that you guys have said all those things, um, there's I'm I'm gonna start out by saying by one the, thing. By the way, now I'm really wishing there was whiskey in this coffee. By the way, I'm, I'm holding breezy <laughs> back right we're now. Gonna, we're, we're probably gonna have to take a a, a break here and, uh, and and go add a, a few enhancements to our coffee but at this point. What, what's your uh, what points you're gonna so, make here? Yeah, so I want to I want to make one point uh, and then say that it doesn't actually matter, um, and then and then move on to the rest of it. There were probably three penalties that should have been called for us that weren't. And and if you look at, at if you look at the way the game unfolded, we should have had one uh before Detroit's first goal. We should have had one almost immediately after Detroit's first goal. And uh there was one fairly late. Uh, the handball. Yeah, there yeah. was the handball late. There was the handball early. Thousand percent handball. If you're happen to be a Detroit fan and you're listening to this and you don't think it was a handball, then you seriously need to get your eyes checked. Anybody watching the game saw his elbow extend out right next to Juan in the middle of the box. It was it was clear handball. So that being said, sometimes the referee doesn't call things for you. Yep. And you just have to figure it out. 
Uh, and so, and, and, and this is part of like the Detroit experience too. What they do is they grind you down. They don't make mistakes. And when, when you make a mistake, they, they punish you for it. Yep. So we ended up giving a, a fairly high percentage opportunity uh, on on that corner kick where they scored, it wasn't actually anything like crazy. It wasn't like you know a point five expected goals or whatever, but it was a, it was a high quality chance, and he buried it, and that allows them to play uh, the way they're comfortable. Up a goal, defensive, look for the counter, look to grind you down and frustrate you. You know the the other penalty doesn't get called. They we commit a penalty, yeah, uh, maybe a bit soft, but like it's 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 a penalty. It's definitely a bit, yeah. And 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 they bury it, and so and now we're just down. Now we're just kind of down and out, demoralized, and and trying to and trying to recover. Yeah. What I will say about that game, we cre- we actually created a bunch of stuff. Uh, no one no one creates like an inc- an incredible amount of stuff in this league, uh, but we we created some stuff, and, and we were a combination of just good de- good Detroit defense some unlucky finishing and some really timely blocks because uh, they had, you know, 15 guys behind, you know, in the 18 yard box blocking stuff. And by the way, their keepers, the best in the league. He's a really good keeper. Uh, and so, you know, we, we give up the goal that the third goal, the free kick, which was, we, I mean, we were done at that point. I would have liked to see part through the end of the whistle. Um, and, and I don't think we gave it our best on that play. Um, but I walked away from it similar to the new Amsterdam game where we won three to zero. And I was like, boy, I see some stuff here. I walked away from a three zero loss as disappointing as it was saying, you know, thinking with the bigger picture, because I also, that's a thing I do to be able to cope with, with, with disappointment in sports. And I'm a Tottenham fan and a Xavier basketball fan. I'm very used to that. And a CFC fan. I'm, I'm used to this. Right. Uh, so I walked away from, from that three Oh going, you know what? That's not a 3-0 loss. I mean, like it, it obviously was, and it, that the scoreboard's what counts in the end. But as far as as far as building on for the future, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was nearly that bad. In yeah. fact, in fact, I wondered, um, and I wanted to be able to see the the, um, I wanted to be able to see the underlying stats because I thought, you know, they probably got the better of the chances, but it it was probably a lot closer, um, and and. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was disappointing, but i th- I thought there was I thought there was enough there that this team could still be could still be good and make a run, um, and and all would be forgiven for me if if we went back up there and 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 you were able to win the Nisa title uh, in later in the season, which we'll talk about. I just want to point out I'm grinding my teeth trying. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, so raise your, raise your hand if you want to move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, although it's not the next game isn't, you know, and super exciting. As, as I told someone after the game, and we can we can leave it at this, I told someone after the game who said, like, man, the referee was terrible in that game. It doesn't matter. Like Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. If, you got to figure it out no matter what. If If you don't, and this is what I told, I said, the, they said the referee was terrible, man, we, you know, with different, ref, like we got, we got robbed. It's not how it works. If you don't let them score, the referee can't rob you. Yep. The penalty we conceded was a clear penalty and we'd already conceded a goal to go up one, nothing, to go up down one, nothing. I just think there's period. You, yeah. You, you have a, I mean, you just have a realistic out, out, you know, viewpoint on it. Uh, sometimes any fan can be unrealistic and want to, you know, find something to blame or find something to point fingers at when, you know, I think just like any player would, you know, who's smart and wants to learn from what they do wrong in a game. It's, you just have to accept it for what it is. 
along like along the way somewhere in my sporting life and i don't know exactly when this happened but i i started trying really hard not to ever get too high or too low um and um and, and so like that was my that was my that's what i tried to do with the detroit game and i uh hey you know what playing for a cup final in your city that's something i don't think we talked about coming out of not having any sports to go to for a while to watching the guys play in a in a in a cup tournament and then go to a final take away the game everything up to that that was really badass to have in our city that i think that's something that we can say to maybe close this out with being having the legends cup here was great i think all the teams really enjoyed it i think the facilities were awesome for everybody um you know, they utilized all different fields around the city, learned a lot, had a great tournament. And then for us to be able to go watch the guys again and see a cup final and some, or, you know, cup matches before that, that, that was awesome. And it, well, and, and just the tournament in general was also good because we accomplished our ob- objective, yeah. which was we want to make, we, we want to be the representative from the legends cup to go to the, to the, the spring uh, to the semifinals for the league. So for anyone that didn't know, there's any, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably way too, way too involved in, um, in, so- in lower division soccer. So you probably know how this works, but just in case you missed it, the, uh, there was going to be always a playoff game, a semifinal leading up to the final. And the winner of the legends cup was going to go to that semifinal to play the winner of the spring season. That would then play Detroit city. Who was the winner of the fall season in Detroit. However, if Detroit City won either the spring season or the um, the Legends Cup, the second place person uh, team in the Legends Cup would go to that semifinal, and or the second place team in the spring. And both of those things happened because Detroit City just doesn't fucking lose. So they won the Legends Cup, which meant we, because we were in the finals, went to the semifinal as the Legends Cup representative, and then the which is a hell of a consolation prize for that we didn't deserve, and then. After that, Detroit went and won the spring, and so LA Force, who came in second, played in the semifinal with us for the chance to play yeah. Detroit. Spoiler alert! Yeah, but just for anyone who didn't understand why we made the playoffs when we were, um, well, two two we and didn't four. Win. Yeah, yeah, with the season. So let's tough. yeah. So let's move on to the. Yeah. Actually, let's stop for it. Well, no, actually, let's keep going. Let's just keep going. Uh, we'll move right into let's Cal, move, Cal let's move right to Cal United. Um, so this was this was an interesting one for me because we had just had the Legends Cup. We just had that big loss, and all of a sudden, you know, the next Saturday, or I guess it was, yeah, was it Saturday? Who knows? Um, yeah, it was Saturday. We're playing, you know, we're playing the next week, start the season, and in a game that I thought would be, uh, you know, one of our toughest games, uh, because you're at Cal United, they spend a crap load of money, um, they 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 should be good. And and they're and they're always pretty good, but they should be really really good. And I thought they underperformed in the Legends Cup a bit, and was and was waiting to see like okay, well you know they're gonna they're gonna have to bring it now if they want to make the playoffs. And uh, Breezy and I are out there uh, for that game. It was a pretty awesome weekend, not gonna lie. Um, and this is a weird one because. Not a ton of not a ton of chance creation. We had a goal disallowed, which was horseshit. Uh, Cal United had a goal disallowed uh, due to our offsides, which is also probably horseshit. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't. What, what I don't do think say, it was offside. What he's saying is the game probably should have been two one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
except for you know we yeah uh, i mean i i think a, i think a draw would have been a more fair result honestly um we uh richard was back for this game uh we lost for, him for 44 minutes yeah we lost him again uh and, Sean Russell and, came and, in, in, the, in the first half yeah we lost him to injury um, again we but like we went through this period in this game where like we weren't we we just it it wasn't clicking like we were we we were, we were creating a little bit but like not a lot uh and 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 some things just weren't weren't clicking totally well and in in hindsight I think uh I in hindsight I think people can look back at this game and say oh, okay I can see how the rest of the season like this makes a little bit more sense um. Breezy, do you have anything to add about about this one? Yeah, I think I'll just sum it up to say this is the first of a lot of games this season where we just weren't good enough. We just weren't quite good enough. Yeah. We, we're, we weren't terrible in this game. The defense was good. Um, overall, they created one good goal and one good scoring opportunity, and then they had their goal disallowed. But they weren't. it wasn't like that we were under it for the whole game. We were pretty good. Uh, defensively, they were they're a good attacking team. They never quite put it together. They're another team that didn't quite get it together this season. Yep. But they're a very, very talented team. They uh, created former a, former uh, CFC player Darwin Lom. Yep. Um Omar Nuno, who Matt and I both believe is the best striker in the league. Yep. Uh, even outside, even that includes Christian Cheney, who's yep. an absolute, you know, beast, absolute monster. That guy's so those are the two best strikers in the league, is the point. But I think I, I would take Nuno over Cheney. Um so they have they're a good team. We were decent. We just weren't clicking, and that was kind of a theme for most of the regular season. Yeah, with us just not quite clicking. We were very outside of Detroit. I didn't feel like we were ever truly horrible. Yeah, um, but that that game was just a sign of things to come where we never could quite find our identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll, I'll offensively, add. offensively, because defensively, I think we had an identity throughout the season, and that was being very, very, very solid. Um, defensively, we didn't give up a ton of really, really like we we weren't we didn't get shellacked when in any when game we this gave season. up defensively throughout the season when we gave up chances and like like a score real scoring opportunity that usually resulted in a goal it was a pretty big chance yes we limited the amount of chances that occurred though and that's one of the reasons why our defense was was pretty effective uh, United did have a couple chances at the very end of that game to make it two zero that they they uh, screwed up on we were also in full out like attack like. Trying to get up, trying to get a point out of that game, and it left ourselves a little bit exposed. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to Michigan Stars. A little bit more well, fun so, of a game, but so just, still have some some yeah. shit housery. So let's just skip to the close to the end of that game. So there's not much. Sure. There's not much happening till the 70th minute, other than they're up one nothing. Um, we've given up one big chance. It's been a pretty even game. We've, it's a kind of the theme for the season, right? We give up one big chance. They score that big chance. Yep. And big chances, by the way, are most... The reason they're called big chances is because they're more often scored. Yeah. Um, they score their one big chance, and there's kind of nothing else going on. And the 77th minute, uh, Brett Jones and Ryan Marcano come in. Um, and by the way, that's a really good game plan for Michigan Stars because that's what they do to you. Yes. They're, they're big. They're physical. They don't let you get a lot of opportunities. And Marcus Nagels had to come in in the 63rd. And we had switched up um, formations a little bit. And so we're we're looking at uh, a team that hasn't done much all game suddenly just has an offensive identity. And we, we uh, Brett, Brett scores a very nice goal. And then if we rewind just a little bit right be- to before that goal, their goalkeeper had been rolling around. And I don't want to like 
dwell on this for super long but their goalkeeper <laughs> is the anti-soccer if you ask just about anybody he, he had been rolling around all game he had feigned fake injuries he had literally sat down in the box and took his shirt off at one point for no reason i mean i guess he needed to change shirts but literally the corner's about to be taken he just sits down and rips off his shirt um and there, there was it, there was a lot of stuff boiling up and then brett jones scores that goal and then we draw a penalty in the uh, 90th minute it was off of a total handball off off of a handball finally get a penalty called for us and uh marcus nagelstad steps up buries it and then proceeds to roll around on the ground in front of the goalkeeper mimicking what the goalkeeper had done earlier on in the game to blow kisses to the bench uh and then the final whistle blows we win 2-1 that was awesome and then a brouhaha ensues uh a bit of a kerfuffle as a uh, unnamed cfc player called it and um, Brian Beeman ends up getting suspended for two games. Nagelstad gets suspended for two games. Their goalkeeper, who had his hands around Marcus's neck and did all of the rolling around on the field, got one game. And then their assistant coach for punching Phil in the head gets four games. It was a wild, wild time. And by the way, Michigan Stars only got one point the rest of the entire season after that. We broke the Michigan Stars. Was that a pretty good... Um, that about covers it. Wow. Well done. Yeah. If you're uh, that assistant they coach. They might have gotten two points, though. If you're assistant coach and you're listening to this, go fuck Okay, they didn't. I don't think they won. They did not win a single game They didn't afterwards. win. They tied Detroit. So they and, tied Stumptown. And tied Stumptown. They didn't get a single. Okay. I didn't realize they tied so Stumptown. So they were defeated. I thought they, I thought they only tied Detroit. I don't know if I said no points. I think they got. I, th- I thought they only got one point. I know they got no wins. Um, yeah. Wild, wild stuff. You guys want to move on to uh, North Alabama? Uh, almost. I think the, the point... The, the overarching point from Michigan stars that I think is, is, is important is it was one of those games where we were struggling again on offense to, to really create a ton. There was a little bit, but not a ton, but uh, the thing that is most important about this team. And it's one of the things that's most important about, um, about when, about how I judge the team, like wins and wins and losses are what they are. This team worked their asses off. Michigan Stars is a brutal, physical team. All the games are always rough with them. And those guys just like went into it, and they dealt with it, and they, they kept battling, they kept battling, they didn't give up. And, and you know, they were able to create a little something to get a goal. There were more chances, you know, that, that we couldn't capitalize on late in that game, uh, heading into stoppage time. You hit the penalty. This game feels like a turning point. Like, fuck yeah, we finally put it together. You know, it wasn't pretty, got the job done. You know, we got some, we're still a little bit banged up with, you know, we got these suspensions coming up. Like guys are going to be able to, you know, rest, get healthy. We'll use the, you know, the, uh, these amateur games coming up to the exhibition games coming up to, you know, rotate some players in, keep bodies fresh. Like this feels, this feels good. I, and I think that's how we can. I, I mean, if you want to go into them, we can. But like, I don't. I don't think we necessarily need to dive too deep into uh, NASC and Georgia Revolution because I felt like that, like what you just said, is what they were—a great way to get some guys on the ball and a great way to grow and maybe have you know build a little bit of chemistry through some guys who haven't got to play. So three good things happen in NASC, and I think this sums it up. Um, besides the fact that we got, like you said, we got some guys on the ball that needed some time. Uh, number one. Ricky Bahena got got his debut for CFC, his professional debut in a uh, friendly. Angel Hurtado the same, and Michael Beretta the same. Yeah, all three academy guys got their debuts. Um, Michael played nine minutes plus uh, stoppage time. Ricky played nine minutes plus stoppage time, and Angel actually played thirty seven minutes plus stoppage time. I think that's right. Yep. No, twenty seven minutes plus 20, stoppage time. 20, yeah. yeah. Um. So that that is excellent. That is really good. They're 
that team was an NPSL team. They weren't great. Um, so there wasn't a lot you could judge from the level of play for a lot of guys. We didn't get to, I don't think, learn a lot. I think the coaching staff learned a ton from, you know, oh, we did this and it worked or we didn't. Um, but yeah, that was that was a thing. And it was cool to go away to a local game. We had a big group of uh, fans there. And that was right after the CDC man, mask mandate advice. Um, so we were actually maskless for the first time. And it was just a little bit of return to normalcy. You talked about the return to normalcy, Jay, in the very first game being back, yeah. being on the road and maskless because the CDC had said, hey, vaccinated people, you know, you really don't need to wear masks anywhere, but especially not outdoors. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah. Then we moved to a game. Was it the next week? Georgia Revolution. Same a, week, three days later. Yeah, three days later. So, and that was a two-one victory. Um, on what's that? Where do, where do they play? Uh, McDonough, Henry, McDonough yeah, Georgia. Yeah, Henry County High School. If you're if you're oh, driving, the former. if driving if driving through traffic gives you cancer, don't go to McDonough. I didn't go to this game away, but I this past weekend I, I drove through it and wanted to bash my head into the windshield the whole time so here's the thing i think you can we can learn from that game was number one it was a really tough circumstance to play in because the field was terrible um and the georgia reps are good yeah so we did learn i think a little bit looking back on it um, i'm not sure that at the time we learned a ton um like the coaching staff and and whatnot because I, I think it was hard to tell what was good and what was bad but I think what we, if you look back at it, we could take a little bit more now looking how good the Revs are in the NPSL. They believe they're the top 10 NPSL team. believe they already the won their, already uh, they already their won, conference. They already did wrap up their conference. The Revs are good. And um, yeah, it was it was a fun trip. And it was nice to go down to Georgia. Nice to see our old friends, the Revs. And, you know, I, I hope we continue to play them regularly just because I miss, I miss, I don't, I don't want to be back in the NPSL. All jokes aside, like, I, you know, I've joked about that. I don't want to be back in the NPSL, though I have some Nisa things to say later, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> I, I did. I, I like playing the Revs again. I like some of the old uh, nostalgic moments that we had, and I thought it was a good time. Yeah, I agree. So after that, we went into a draw versus Maryland. Oh, and we won both of those games. If it's not clear, we won two nothing. Both two those no- games. Well, two nothing, two, two one against the uh, Revs. Yeah. Oh yeah, we forgot we conceded against Revs. Two yeah. one, two nothing. <laughs> we didn't lose, but we didn't learn a lot. The People. Revs, the Revs, always at least get a goal on us. Yeah, uh, they're a good team. Yeah, yeah. They they gave us some real problems actually. So then we went into a draw with the Maryland Bobcats, which I wasn't able to watch in any way, so I really don't even have an opinion on the game. So there's there's three important things about the Maryland Bobcats game uh, that I think overshadow anything else that happens, uh, although I want to highlight something good that happened as well. No Marcus Nagelstad, no Brian Beamett. These Suspe- were the games where the suspensions the first, It was game one of the suspension. Right. Um, and Brett Jones goes down with an injury. 10 minutes in. Yeah. So Brett Jones, for, the guy who'd scored, in the who had scored, you know, three goals on the season now yeah. uh, and was emerging as like a, all right, this guy's going to get some starts. Like he's, you know, he's the goal scorer, the main forward goal scorer at this point. Uh, while these two white guys are out with injuries, like, all right, let's see what he got. And he was dangerous for 10 minutes and then he dropped. Um, and, and we didn't create, we hardly created anything the rest of the game. Um, it was absolutely miserable. They were better than us. And if you look, Matt and, went back and looked at some of the stats. Yeah, and, and, and they were better than us. It's the actually, if you look at some of the advanced stats, it's the worst It's the worst that we performed in terms of expected goals all year, that game. Yeah. And it's also, uh, it was also a great game for Alec Reddington, uh, who who saved a couple of shots that were definitely going in. And he made a couple of great saves to, to keep a point for us. Um. And so, like you know, it was disappointing not to beat, not to beat the Bobcats, especially because they were floundering. That was that was basically the turning point of the Bobcat season, 
Uh, as they started, they added a couple new players and like they were really starting to put it together. Yeah, I, I described them to somebody the other day, and it may sound uh, it, it may sound offensive, but it's totally not. But you know, when you have a puppy, and you know, you can tell it's going to be a big dog because it has like really big paws. The Bobcats are like growing into their paws. I feel like they they started out with, and everybody was like, "Wow, this team could really be something." They're really cool. They have a really good idea behind them really good people running the club they have a really good area with great local players who also have some professional they have they have learned experience they have they they brought up a bunch of their players from from up that upsl national championship team yep a ton of amateur players and and like for this first you know kind of season it was very much a partly a reward to those players uh to be to become a professional and, and and have their shot and they've learned that some of those players aren't good enough for this level some of the players they necessarily didn't expect are good enough for this level, uh, and so like they're finding they're finding their way through, and they'll they'll probably keep improving, and and they're they're a challenge to play against, um, and and I think that that the evidence for that is pretty clear. With I mean they finished the last five games of the season undefeated. Yep, I, uh, I watched uh, two of their games, and they. They're they're extremely athletic on the ball. They are tough. They are tough. And like, think think about how the Michigan Stars are tough to play. Yeah, the Bobcats are also very tough to play. Bobcats are like good tough. Michigan Stars is like Concacaf tough. You know <laughs> they, what I mean? <laughs> they both have they both have some have some. You're going to get trash thrown on you. You you have some serious Concacaf qualities about about the Bobcats. Like they just play hard. They're physical. Like yeah, they're not afraid to go in for a challenge, and you know. It, that's not a that's not a terrible style to have in, in Division Three American soccer. Yep. Well, I, mean, I I I didn't really know much uh, about the game because you know, like I said, I didn't get to watch it. I was uh, on a boat. But I'm for for having a draw from for getting something level to lead into the next game. It felt kind of like good. It felt good. I got to go to the next game, which was New Amsterdam FC, which we won two nil. Um, and I think it was another game where like. Amsterdam wasn't terrible. So, like they've got to connect the dots in so, these places. So the the that problem, missing. the problem for New Amsterdam, and and I think this is an interesting comparison uh, to where we were at the Legends Cup with them, uh, to where we were in the um, in that in that game in the spring season. New Amsterdam was probably better in possession. Uh, they 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 were a little bit more tight knit in the in the spring game. They created absolutely nothing of consequence zero at um in in at finley stadium for in the, in the spring match they were without siobhan john brown on international duty uh, who hasn't done a ton for them this year but who i regard as as one of their most dangerous players uh he was dangerous for the cosmos last year and so um, I mean, he's the kind of guy that, that can, can, can beat you, get a shot off. He's not a great finisher, but like he can beat you, get a shot off and like be dangerous. And so I thought we were in control that entire match. Um, you know, obviously we're on Hoff should have had, uh, Hoff, Hoff should have had that penalty count. Uh, a new Amsterdam player pushed, pushed Richard Dixon into the box. Uh, as Hoff was taking it to cause the to cause the retake. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I give I gift that and put that on the uh, and put that yeah on, on, put yeah. on Twitter if you want to go um, find it. But one hundred percent pushed him. But he has a great finish. Um, he has a great finish later on. You know, we were they they had the red card as well. Uh, I think that's an important important note to make. Uh, always, um, a, always a dog so at the end. You know, in the first half, we score. Um, you know, we score late in the first half. Good cross from Kazak. Multiple runners into the box. Yep. Ian taps it home. Uh, and, and, and a two nil win there, 
uh, still without, uh, you know, still without Marcus and, and, and Beamant, you know, okay. So like we've navigated that period with four points, you know, on, on the bounce, we are, um, uh, we're, we're sitting on, was that seven, seven points through those, through those four games. Um, and then, then we go, then, then we go out to California and yeah, it was, uh, and I'll have to let, uh, very we'll have to let, we'll have to let breezy talk about, uh, about this portion. And I don't think you should hold back. Uh, but also you were there, so you, you can speak best to it. Also, most of the people that listen to this podcast, was that the game you guys, that was the game yeah. you guys, you guys yeah. were there to stream? And so if most people who listen to this podcast might have listened to the recording or y'all's stream. And uh, you were, it was it was entertaining. He's literally psyching himself up to do this and like trying to decide how bad to go in right now. I'm not psyching myself up. I'm, I'm sad I have to talk about this again. <laughs> um, let, me, let me start out by unequivocally saying, fuck the LA Force and fuck Bob Friedland. That was the most amateur hour shit. The Georgia Revs of yesteryear, not the current Georgia Revs, the Georgia Revs of yesteryear, who used to put a pavilion in at the edge of the training facility that they were playing at. They would put a pavilion and, or sorry, they would put tarps around. I'm so mad I can't even hardly talk. They would put tarps around a pavilion and have all the players from CFC change in a tarp, a tarped pavilion. A tent, essentially. Yeah. With tarps for walls. Th- this was that bad or worse. This was... So they moved the venue several times, including on game day, with a myriad of excuses that I simply do not buy. There's no need to get into legitimacy of them. I do not buy them, put it that way. Whether they're true or not, it actually doesn't matter. It's a lack of preparation. That's number one. Their their field that they played on was a public, I mean, I keep saying public park. It may not have been a public park. It may be a private park, but it is a bunch of youth fields where they hold youth tournaments. If you've ever been to a soccer youth tournament where they have 16 games going on at one time with fields that are just adjacent to one another with a sidewalk in between or a walkway in between. That's what it was. This field was concrete underneath the, um, underneath the turf. It was a terrible surface. It played horribly. And I didn't really, I did not realize that the players told me that the turf, the turf looked pretty and it even looked pretty on the stream, which we'll get to in a second. Um, it even looked good, but it, it played terribly. Oh, by the way, the stream, uh, the LA force couldn't find a fucking intern and a cell phone to do a stream. So me and my wife who flew across the country to watch this game went and did the work, the hard work. And by hard, I mean, we went to Best Buy, bought a gimbal, got on Verizon, made sure to test that gimbal. We spent the day testing the gimbal, figuring out how it worked, making sure that we could do a stream for folks at home. And we streamed it on the Chad Hooligans Facebook page. The fact that we streamed the game for a fucking professional soccer game is unbelievable. Then there was no scoreboard. There was no stadium announcer of any kind. They asked me to stand on the other side of the field, but all I had to do was take, instead of by the benches, all I had to do was take one step back and they couldn't have told me shit because I would have been off their field and onto the other public field. (sighs) The locker rooms were on the field, on the edge of the field. The locker rooms were just a tent set up around a bench. So the players were expected to change and did change in a tent on the side of the field, the front of which was open to a road so you could just watch the players change. It was so windy they couldn't put up the tents. So they were struggling to put up the tents. There was no ambulance there and no, this is three days before Christian Erickson almost died on the field. There was no ambulance or any sort of medical personnel there. There was no security of any kind. There were no ball kits. If a ball got kicked next door into the neighboring youth tournament field, which was, I, which was, I swear to you, 12 feet across this, you know, concrete sidewalk, 
to the next field. They would have to go get it. There was a road with a fence. The referee, in fact, started chirping at me because I was chirping at him during the game because, and that, that nothing to do with the LA Force, but because one of our players kicked the ball out of bounds and he said, we're not going to do that. And then LA Force continued to kick the ball out of bounds all game to waste time. The, there were, there were no amenities for fans at all. The players and fans, if you wanted to go to the bathroom, had to walk out of the field across a road where there was a giant church service. Shout out to the, whoever was doing church service. No, no hate there, but there's a church service going on in a giant tent next door to a bathroom facility because this is a, a public park or maybe a private park, whatever the fuck it was. This was, this was Mickey Mouse shit at, of the highest order. The NPSL, there, there are NPSL teams that are worse than this. There's not many. This was the most unprofessional shit I have seen, and I've been following Chattanooga FC on the road since 2014. I have This is as bad as Georgia Revs away at their worst. This is unacceptable, and this is the chairman of the NISA board. And by the way, they, they claimed, that, oh, this is a one-time thing. Their game the following week was suspended because they didn't have lights. Or and, and they room. were and they were awarded the points. Am I correct? It's it's NISA policy that if a game is suspended and it cannot be restarted that night and it's after halftime, that the result stands. So this is not what this is not Oh, by the way, the game the game didn't have the light situation, like they're lights, but they weren't good. Or good enough or whatever it was. That game was that game start time was delayed. There's a reason why. Like they didn't just like pick a time and hope that you know the sunset was gonna right. was gonna get through. That game was delayed because surprise, surprise, New Amsterdam refused to change in tents with 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 no like you know blocking or whatever. They didn't have anything set up for New Amsterdam. So yeah. this was this. They was, also moved that game the week of. This is unacceptable for professional soccer. And I'm gonna say this: if this is what Nice is, if this is what Nice out. is. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's go somewhere else. I don't care. I don't care where. But what I said to start this whole professional soccer journey is the reason I wanted to go professional is I was tired of playing with a bunch of teams that either did not have the wherewithal, and there's a difference here, did not have the wherewithal or not the wherewithal. They didn't have the ability, be it funds or whatever else, to create a professional atmosphere for fans and especially for players, but for fans as well. And so, like, the Georgia Revs of old, and I know I'm talking, I keep mentioning them. That's not the current Georgia Revs. The current Georgia Revs have their shit together. They have locker rooms. They have a, a facility that at least exists. It's got stands. It's got concessions. You know, and we might, we might make fun of their field a little bit, but, like, they've got a field. Like I they, mean, if and you're they, setting, they do you're, you're trying to set that as, like, hey, man, I mean, like, these people aren't even at your level, and they're putting together something that's professional. Yes. Right. So, they have, they didn't have their shit together back in the day. So, I just, I keep mentioning them. But if, if it's going to be this bad. We need to be somewhere else. We need to be somewhere else with teams that give a shit. Iron, iron sharpens iron. We need to be with teams that care. This is a turning point for me in this season re- regarding NISA. And, and I, I believe there are a lot of people, including the commissioner, which we had on this podcast, who have good intentions. John Pruch has good intentions, I believe. And I believe the league and, and most teams in this league, I think, believe in something bigger than the current American soccer model, right? Pro-Rel and, and having independent teams that own the league and that and that govern the league and the do and I those are all things to aspire to and those are important things. However, if the chairman of the board can't have his feet held to the fire, which I assume he cannot, and here's why I assume he cannot, because nothing changed from that game to the next game. Yeah. yeah for bullshit. them if he can't if no one's gonna hold his feet, if the league cannot or will not hold his feet to the fire and make this better, if that's the standard your chairman of the board sets, Nisa's fucked. This independent soccer thing 
that Nice is trying to do just isn't going to happen. And if it's not going to happen, I don't care if we go to USL or some or MLS three that's just coming out or wherever. I don't care where it is, but I want to be with teams that care. I want to be with ownership groups that care, and I want to be amongst supporters that care. There's two. There are two teams in this league that have fan groups that care, and it's us in Detroit. There are arguably four teams in this league that really, really, truly do a great job on and off the field. And my understanding, I've not been to Maryland, but my understanding is they do a great job on and off the only, field. Only heard good things. The Cal United does a nice job, despite what I told their ops guy this weekend, uh, <laughs> who, who was yelling at me. Um, they, they do a really nice job. They don't have a lot of fans yet, but they're new. Okay, They, they do a nice job. Us, Detroit. That's it. And if we're going to play a four out of nine teams, and if, if, if there's going to be an abject failure of the league to hold the co- their, not commissioner, excuse me, their chairman of their board to any sort of standard, and if he's not going to be held to a standard, then why would anyone else do what, they sh- what they're supposed to do? So if, if this independent soccer thing can't figure it out for this fall, if there aren't big changes on the LA Force front and in others this fall, we should get the fuck out. We should go do whatever's better for us. And if Nisa ends up being the best, if we just can't get a better place, okay. But I am. I, there is no loyalty for me anymore because there's obviously no loyalty to those players. Those players deserve better. The fans deserve better. And by the way, 1904 wasn't that much better. And I can explain some of those things. But LA Force was a joke. I flew across the country. I streamed it. All those things I named. But even even my my indignation to having to stream it. I've streamed all sorts of NPSL games. That's a lack of effort. That's a choice. Like we we used to stream NPSL games, the Chad Hooligans did, and El Conductor went to all those games, and he made sure it happened because he knew that they didn't have the resources or the ability to stream, so he made it happen. In that in, team, NPSL, right? That team is a professional soccer team. Yep. Bob Friedland has plenty of fucking money. He could have had an intern and and streamed it. No questions asked. There is nothing that says he couldn't have streamed it. They chose not to stream it. They chose not to have locker rooms because they chose to not book a, a venue in advance. They chose to half-ass the fuck out of it. They, if, if they had had ball kids, an ambulance, a stream, uh, some sort of PA announcer, some sort of, you know, if they had had all of these other things that were in their control and they just said, oh man, we had to move the game at the last minute because our, our field got, you know, whatever. Okay, you did all the other things you could and everything in your control you took care of. They did, they took care of nothing. They don't care. Bob Freeland doesn't care based on the evidence that I've seen. And the LA force are an amateur team off the field. They're professional on the field. It's a very good team on the field. They are professional on the field. They're absolutely a joke off the field. And those players deserve better. Our players deserve better. And this league and soccer deserves better. And if they can't get their act together, and if the rest of the league can't get their act together from the chairman of the board running that, let's get out. Let's go do something else. I'll stop talking. 1904. We don't, I, can't even tell you anything about that game because I, your stream, while good and while I appreciate it, they didn't. I remember because we were on the phone and I was helping you out and I was like, "Did you?" I think I said, "Did you find a good spot?" And you just said, "No." <laughs> there is. Because the, I remember I was spot. on the phone with you and I was like, "Are you going to be able to like get up in the stands at least at like half?" You're like, "There are none." Like, oh shit! We were standing on the sidelines, uh, legitimately ten feet from the edge of the field because that's the best place and the only good place you could stand. So I want to make. Uh, oh, by the way, we lost that game two nothing. They were they were we were decent for seventy minutes. We just weren't quite good enough. They beat us in the end. Uh, nothing. I'm not, nothing. I'm about to say. I have not shared directly to to humble brag coming Nisa people this week. Uh, so if any if any of them are listening, and and shout out like for some of you guys that are listening and putting putting up with it. Uh, because I, I took I took my shots and I was fair about them, but I took my shots. Um, 
and and I was kind of a guest of yours too. So uh, thank you for for those uh, that that put up with that. that that's because we were after we were at we were in Detroit for the game at the host hotel. We were at the host hotel, so we saw a lot of Nisa people at the bar. That's where that's going. Yes. Um, this I I love independent soccer. I love what it's trying to do. Um, I think I think it's it's the best the best thing for for soccer is if is if this 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 Nisa thing can work. Because I don't think anything else will, uh, so it has to, right? The California trip for me, uh, and 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 you can hear it in, in Breezy's voice. For me, it's a kind of a radicalization moment, where like I just I don't know if I care that much anymore. If this is what independent soccer is going to be, it may not be worth saving. Yeah, like it just may not be worth it. Uh, and for all for all the same reasons you put it, you put it very eloquently. Uh, if you're going to have a chairman who treats the rest of the league like Chair, that chairman of the board. Yeah. Then why should anyone be here? Why should anyone care? Uh, it's only going to hurt the league's reputation with expansion teams. It's only going to hurt the league's reputation when it comes to uh, players uh, with, with agents, with coaches. And that's not what it should be. And, and I understand, you know, I mean, like we went, we went down this road with some of the, you know, with Michigan stars forfeiting the Cal United game, which is also completely unacceptable. Like they're just, they're just not enough teams to be able to just kick somebody out off the cuff. Yeah. But at the same time is you, you have like, there have to be like, I was going to say something about holding someone to a better standard, but like there has to be a standard. Um, And I actually, I actually get the league's, the league's decision not to, like have have a cell phone camera stream for the LA Force game. I get it, but also if that's the decision you're making, the game should not be played. Yeah, it's because it's not professional. There's like for all the other all the things that you said, LA Force should forfeit. It should be a forfeit. They should have never ever have played that game. Uh, and and they can say COVID this, COVID that. Bob Freeland is a fucking rich man. Figure it out. Because by the way. He moved. He found a venue. They found a venue at some point. He didn't find the venue, by the way. Fun fact: it was someone from the league. But like, they found another venue. He's played in three different counties uh, this spring season. It's completely unacceptable. And those LA Force players deserve better because that's a good team. Yep. Uh, and uh, come home, Sammy. And yeah, and yeah, that too. And uh, if this if this is what Nice is going to be, it doesn't deserve to exist. Yep. And I said kind of the same thing directly to league officials. Um, nice. And and that's as far as I'm going to take that. So let's skip to 1904. Um, 1904 was a different shit show. Um, 1904 did the very, very, very basic. So I want to give them some credit. Uh, they had ball kids on the field. So there were they had a field that was acceptable as far as quality of the field. It was very acceptable. Um, they did have some personnel emergency personnel they did not have an ambulance there but they had emergency personnel if something happened um they did have locker rooms however they were uh, about a five minute walk because of the training place they play and, and the team's hotel was uh, a similar distance drive away so the team actually didn't use the locker rooms um but they so they had some of those things uh, they had a stream set up um that that existed and everyone could see it yep um and they didn't have any amenities for fans which I won't fault them for because that game was technically closed. Um, we were able to go in um, and see it, and anybody that kind of walk in could uh, because no, there was no one there checking passes. But it was so there were no fan amenities. I won't, I will not 
criticize them for that. The game was closed, so that's fine. Um, what they didn't have, however, and my understanding is the practice field that they set up was not actually rented out for the team. So when the team went to practice, it was a public field, and there were other people using the field. And so they had to you know, basically ask other people to leave a field that should have been reserved for them. Um, that is not the way professional teams get treated. Uh, additionally, having the bare, bare, bare minimum, which the only reason it's an acceptable minimum is because of what LA Force did the week before. This, if I was looking at this in a vacuum and I took out LA Force from the week before, I would be complaining about how this was a, a pretty terrible experience for both players and fans. And credit to them that they did more than LA Force, but there's not a lot of credit to be given there. Um, I understand they're, they are operating under what I would consider COVID times. They were, when they started the season, they believed they would not have the opportunity to have their games open to fans. Therefore, they're technically not open to fans. Um, so yeah, uh, they were, they were like a average NPSL team in quality of everything, except for, I would give them a little bit of extra credit on the streams. At least they had announcers. Um, I thought the stream wasn't bad, but stream was pretty good. Like it wasn't. I mean, like we're we're, For, we're 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 being relative here, right? Like, but but, but, but it was it, I, when you're it was when fine. you're talking about my Kuju in general, there's an obvious yeah. standard there, and it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better, and I like Eleven a lot more than my Kuju. <laughs> Whoever the fuck came up with that name to get to get my Kuju out of here, you deserve a raise. But the point being is, 1904 wasn't a brand new breath of fresh air. Everything's better. Right. Um, La Force is the only bad apple here. This was like going to an MPSL team away that like had a good stream and that was it so it was reminder fun. folks they're all the way in california you have to add the fact that you that the team has to get there so the team went all the way to la got treated like shit went down to uh san diego and then had the very 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 basics covered professional soccer has got to be more than just the very very basics yeah and and i'm not i'm not criticizing the la force i mean excuse me criticizing 1904 the way i criticized the la force but it is still not a glowing representation of all that is good about um, Nisa. It was the bare bare minimum that would be acceptable, and that the bare minimum is not good enough. The bare minimum, the bare minimum in professional soccer isn't good enough, and that's that's got to change. Uh, the play on the field was decent. Uh, this one actually, there's a little bit of play on the field to talk about. The first half. Uh, it was very, very good until the very end when we conceded one big chance. Um, we basically conceded nothing almost except for the one big chance, and then we conceded the big chance and they scored to go up one nothing right before halftime. Seems to be a theme. Uh, Richard Dixon was suspended from this game because he got a red card for a, cumul- a yellow card accumulation in the San Diego, uh, excuse me, in the LA Force game before. Um, so that was a bummer. And I actually got to watch the game standing next to him, and he is an intense person uh, <laughs> in, in the best possible way. He's just, he's very locked in and very good. But um, then there's a bright moment in all of this that happened that the game will eventually lead to. The, so the bright the, the bright moment for me, and I'll, and I'll be interested if it's the same for you, is that the last 25, 30 minutes of that game, the offense finally kind of started putting it together. Yep. Um, they, made, they made a couple subs at halftime, and then they changed up a few things. But what, what started happening was um, Jimmy started getting on the left side. James Case I started getting free on the left side and Ryan Marcano started getting free both on the right wing and up top. And they had really no answer for that. And Ian McGrath finally did score a header, which counted the same, but we could have eased and Ryan hit the post, but we could have, or the crossbar, but we could have easily won four one. Um, and while it, I will say it doesn't matter 
like we didn't win and we didn't get those goals, therefore they don't count. It was nice to see some um, some good offensive play. And it felt like maybe we were starting to finally build some continuity. It's and, also worth- and, and it was a response to yes. uh, a, a tangible response to, to get a point late the bu- um, the, in the, that one. One of the bummers here is Nagelstad was still not here. Uh, he picked up an injury right after his suspension essentially was about to be over. Yeah. And he was out for three games. Yeah, he did not make the um, he did not make the trip to to California, and neither did one. Neither did Br- and, yeah, Brett Jones, and that's and that's a huge bummer. So like, I mean, like injuries are are, are a constant in the sport. Um, it just feels like we get hit worse with them. And we did get to see, um, and I, I'd be remiss if I said if Smitty wasn't here, maybe that's why why we're getting hit worse with them. What are what are we doing or not doing? Um, and I. I I think that's a fair question. I don't. Wow, know. we haven't shouted out Smitty. I know, I miss you, Smitty. Six of ten. Uh, <laughs> I do think that it was, it was a, who was not there meant some guys got that hadn't got minutes got to play. So Felipe Oliveira pipe got to play. Um, he played three straight games, uh, going ninety. 70 and 45 had a, had a great game uh we didn't mention this in the new amsterdam portion but like pipe had a great game against new amsterdam mm-hmm. uh against like you know two he's playing against you know he's pipes short as short as hell and he's going up he's lorenzo like, insigne like, like like two uh like you know six three or whatever center backs and kind of drawing them out playing as a false nine did an excellent job that game did a lot of defensive work in these this 1904 game yeah. playing winger put in a good shift against la force la force which is better yeah. uh than the new Amsterdam was, uh, and yeah, and then and then he plays you know the forty five minutes against against uh, uh, against nineteen oh four, and you know the way nineteen oh four in that first half essentially pinned Pipe back because he was playing left wing because uh, they had an extra man on that side of the field and so Pipe was just having to defend the whole time, um, and and I, I I told this to him to his face uh, but I'll say it here again, you know I thought you know, like Pipe is not a defender right like. He's a he's a crafty attacker, uh, that you know is is I think what fourth in all time CFC scoring. Um, you know, defending is not what his game is, and and he put in an admirable shift, uh, running hard. You know, helping helping out the defense on that side of the field, uh, and and he was subbed off at halftime, which some people can can look at saying you know like well you know coaching staff wasn't very happy with him or whatever it was. He was asked to do it like he ended up having to do a job that he's not necessarily good at. Right. Like it's not, not his it's thing. not his normal role. It's not his thing. And I thought and I thought he did well. And they, uh, and then they changed game plans. And, and they changed the game plan which, in part, which involved pulling him off. In part because he had done his job and while we were down one nothing it wasn't it, it was it wasn't two or three or something like that. We were still in the game partly because of of his contributions on defense. So we we tie that game, we come home. Uh Jay, how are you feeling going into Stumptown? Uh um I don't know. This whole season was kind of like weird for me. I mean, I felt like I, I knew Stumptown had gotten better. I had I had been seeing how good they were playing, and I didn't honestly have a ton of confidence after our trip out west. Um, so uh, I didn't feel very good, to be honest. I uh, what happened in the game transpired through what I was feeling beforehand. I believe. What about you? I thought we pl- finally played okay, like for a whole game, but we still managed to fuck it up and lose one nothing. Yeah, see, I from my perspective, we didn't play a very good game. I just thought the we got it wrong, and you know, there's there's just certain things that happen in certain areas where there's just a little bit of skill that needs to be buttoned up a tad bit from from you know 
specific individuals that I'm not going to name or call out because that's not my place at all to ever do that because I'm not out there and uh, and I you know I love every single one of the players just as much as the other but sometimes when you get you you try to put the ball in different positions and the play just fizzles out you know each time the ball goes out of bounds there's not a good touch and the ball goes out of bounds and you're trying to play it to that side it's like man can we switch things up move personnel and start playing in the middle and getting away from this wide attack that seems to just Oh, we get the ball. Okay, go, ball goes out wide. Okay, now we lose possession again for the tenth time. The, the other team gets the ball because we rolled it out of bounds. Like that is super frustrating for me to watch. And that was what that's that's what I mainly took away from that game was why why couldn't we really like when we had possession? I wasn't like this is good possession the whole time. I felt like we were we were still on the cusp of being backwards. If that makes sense. Huh, that's actually not how I saw the game at all. Yeah, um, that's my perspective. They yeah, didn't. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. They didn't. I just. I was super underwhelmed, and I felt. I felt like shit leaving that game. I was super overwhelmed. Underwhelmed, excuse me, because of the scoreline. But at that point, we'd come back from California, and I was just putting all of my hopes on the semifinal. Um, yeah, I, and yeah, also I started. Yes. I started telling Matt this, um, like in our, some of our private conversations, that we, we are lacking, and we we still are. By the way, we were at the time. We still are lacking an identity offensively, which I said at the beginning. Um, we never have figured out whether that's due to players being out or I don't know. I, I won't go into many ways I th- or the many reasons I think because I'm not really sure. But we're lacking an offensive identity, an attacking identity. And I did think we played much better versus Stumptown. We kind of dominated the game in many ways, but we lost. But at this point, I, all I wanted to see was us play well because I was really hoping that because we'd already made that semifinal, we build, could put it together and find that identity before the something. semifinal. Yeah, sure. And I wasn't, for the first time, I wasn't worried about the result because I just knew we weren't going to, the result wasn't going to matter. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean like, I want, like 2-2-4, two, two, and four, the way we finish the season is fucking unacceptable. However, this game, Rigby whipped his head around when you said that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rigby knows. Rigby knows. Uh, it, was, it was unacceptable to finish the way we did for the season. However, in this particular game, I wasn't like the one nothing result didn't hurt the way a normal one nothing result hurt because I thought we actually played okay, and I was just hoping that you know we would pull out a miracle in the in the semis and, and get it together. But I started telling Matt about this point, like I don't think we have time to pull things together. Yeah. Um, and spoiler alert, we didn't. But that's funny because like you're the way you think that you 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 thought that you know the 1-0 wasn't so bad because you were thinking about the semifinal and wanting to build things i think we had the same mentality just you just on, thought we weren't building anything on different spectrums it, building something wasn't playing good losing 1-0 to me building something would be like let's beat them 2-0 or 2-1 let's let's go in and finish a game so that i know that we have that quality of winning games and finishing something when we go into the thing so both both valid and both understandable, mm. just completely different. And here Matt is to throw facts and stats at us and make us feel bad. Just kidding. I don't know if that's what you're gonna do, but we curb stomp stomped down. We gave up one we we gave up two serious chances all game, one of which they scored, the other which was in stoppage time. Uh and and they fucked up a, like a three on one break. Nick, hey, shout out first of all, we have shout been on out the podcast. Nick Spielman. <laughs> Nick Spielman, yeah. Spunky Nick, Speed Racer listen, is the man. When and this is this is actually a, a heart moment and a little bit of lack of heart maybe from some guys. I don't know who didn't run back, but no well, I should do actually nobody ran back except for Nick. He he turned a three on three on zero, should have been three players versus the goalkeeper, into a three on one in which we he stopped the play. 
like, gave us another shot to to like you know spunky spunky running that whole field and screaming at his teammates for having given up was and this was the 95th minute so like it was it, it the referee could have blown the whistle like on the run back right I, I get why maybe some guys like didn't hustle back as hard but sure that was unbelievable and um hard award for you know not a real award but hard award for for nick spielman on that that was i don't know that nick spielman's a captain type of guy i don't know if he's a a leader in that kind of way that's up to the players that have played with him and teammates i don't know but i can tell you as far as leading by example that's the exact type of example i want from a captain and i'm not I'm, this isn't spunky for captain necessarily but what i'm saying is that's the way i want a leader and a captain to act sure is to never ever give up and that was unbelievably excellent to end that game well dude the vocal person who was running the back line is almost a captain no matter what even if they don't have the armband at times you know sure so and i mean that's to be fair it's richard dixon on the back line as far as um vocal leaders go and then juan's the captain that's not me taking anything away from those guys but yeah i was just so impressed with that run back and, and so glad to see that because that was not just heart but like the definition of heart that you want from all players yeah for sure like the, I, like i'll always say i if i have any sort of criticism it's never because of lack of trying or lack of passion. Like, it's always just, it's it's the way tactics fall together. It's never them as individuals. I'll never criticize a single player. I'll say positions and different things, but, like, it, you can't, you can never pin anything on one person. There's 11 people on the field. So, we obviously didn't score that game, but we created a bunch. Uh, so, one of the, one of the problems or one of the things that that I had felt throughout the season is we're not we're just not creating enough like we're, we're not we're not getting goals but we're also not creating enough to get goal opportunities but you got you have to have the chance and the stumptown the stumptown game was one of those points where I was like actually we created some stuff here like we were unlucky not to score uh and and in this game we're incredibly unlucky not to score uh, we should have had two goals and if you remember their goalkeeper had an insane double save yeah. yep and, yeah, that was and, that and was so really impressive. Partly, yes, it sucks to lose. It sucks to lose at home. Um, but my my mindset really since since the Detroit game was well, we qualified for the semifinals. Like, we right. got, no matter what happens this season, we got a shot to win this thing. Um, and, I, and I was not here until this game, by the way. And, and I think that was just a coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> so so like seeing seeing us have absolutely should have two goals, even though we didn't score. Uh, and seeing that improvement on the offensive side of things, uh, I was I I was actually a little encouraged walking out of okay you know we're gonna go towards you know this last game Detroit which doesn't mean anything um, it ended up having table consequences for LA Force not winning the spring outright but you know it, it didn't mean anything for us like we had a game to focus on that actually mattered and and so like the offense was 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 like was better like we were we were we were heading down the right direction I felt. And, uh, and so like I went into the Detroit match, uh, a bit optimistic in terms of, I not, not, not saying like I expected much from the Detroit match. I, it's the, I, I knew it, we were going to rotate the squad and it's like the hope that kills you, Matthew. Yeah. Well, the hope, did, the hope didn't, the hope didn't start until up to zero at LA force, but that's a different story. Um, so we move into the Detroit match, if that's okay with me just you know, moving in, um, and, and I, I knew I had, a, I had a good feeling going in, you know, knew we were going to rotate the squad prioritize prioritize the, the the semifinal um yeah for anyone that doesn't know and i'm sure there's a lot of people who looked at the lineup we threw out against la force and, i mean excuse me against detroit city before la force and went what is going on like why is you know nick nelson starting that's not a shot at nick nelson but like he hasn't played a minute all season and why is he suddenly starting and you know why is 
Kyle starting. It was not, it not that Kyle's like, a bad player, but he has not been a starter outside of injuries and then like guys are healthy. Like what is going on? Like, Who are all these guys that don't normally play? It wasn't punishment. It wasn't like, fuck it. Like, we'll just, you know, we'll do it live. It wasn't anything like that. It was, we were prioritizing a more important game. And, and also, by the way, giving guys an opportunity against a really, really good team. And a see, great atmosphere. To see who would sink or swim yeah. uh, and, and who would, would you know, and like we had, we ended up taking, you know, a full complement of guys on that trip and we're going to have to get down to 18, uh, you know, 16 field players. So, you know, some guys had to, had opportunities to make their case um, for, for inclusion in the, in the semifinal match. And, and that's how we treated it. And honestly, you know, the mistake from, from McKinley wasn't great. Uh, obviously he would be the first one to tell you that. Um, the, the second goal was a great team goal. Honestly, uh, some really good stuff. Our def- our defending could have been better. Starting positions probably could have been a little bit better. Um, but what I'm, what I was knowing, knowing going in that the result didn't matter, like almost nothing mattered. What I loved about that game, especially after the second goal is that they just they just kept playing hard and they they didn't give up and they didn't give anything else up. Detroit didn't create anything the rest of that match hardly. Maybe maybe you know, a set piece at the end that it was interesting, but like we, you know we we got the shape right. We, you know we started we made a couple changes at halftime that really helped too, and and they competed hard. And by the way, Felipe Oliveira's goal, which was going in before the deflection. Thank you. I'm so tired of people being like, it was a soft goal. No. Like, that, so, thing, that thing was going in. The thing was going in the far post as everyone was going the opposite direction, except the player deflected it and it went near post. Yeah, when they play opposite field view on the replay. Yeah. It's going right in. So, yeah. That's the first goal Detroit has given up. That gave up. Straight up. Gave up this spring from the run of play. The first one. Damn. Uh, and you know, then we earned the penalty, uh, you know, pipe takes the penalty. It's saved by Steinwasher. Good save. Um, you know, if Steinwasher guesses right. If he guesses wrong, if pipe sends him the wrong way, then we're saying what a great penalty. Um, and, and, you know, there were, there were a couple other chances that like, you know, were, were pretty close. Uh, another good save in there by Steinwasher. Like I walk out of the Detroit game going, damn. Okay. Like, you know, Coupled coupled it with the, the response against 1904. Couple it with what I thought was a good game we played against Stumptown. We're just unlucky. You know, I thought we were unlucky actually in the Detroit match. We created more than they did. And and so I'm walking into LA Force going, all right, like I think the offense is actually in a good place. And I think the defense is in the same place it's been. You know, we've got a we've got a shot. We've got a shot to do this thing. And and maybe no one else believed that except except, you know. I, I, maybe I was the only person. It was deep down inside, but but like that was the start of belief. It's the hope that kills you, Matthew. <laughs> Always does. So Jay, Matt, and I were at this game together. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot of the same moments, a lot of the same whatever. I would love to hear kind of your thoughts on going into the LA Force game and kind of all of that. Uh, going into the game, I had you know they beat us. 2-0, we beat them 4-1. When you're looking at the matchup against each other, we won home, they won away. I mean, it was a cup game, so, you know, it's a little different. But, or sorry, we both, we, both we won, won home, home and then we lost yeah. away, yeah. And so, you know, I thought it was up in the air. And uh, I was excited. I was, I was scared to see a familiar face on the other side of the ball who I know is clinical and talented, <laughs> and I've watched him slaughter people's souls before in a, CFC, in a CFC jersey. Um and I knew he was going to come in and play. 
and that that I, I just things sometimes when they're set up to like kind of like kick you in the dick they just happen to me especially with sports i mean i am a massive georgia fan and that is every every year the kitchen sink comes knocking at the door for us and like so at this point i'm sort of even level-headed trying to keep it out of my mind i was extremely busy uh too so i really couldn't think about it much before the game um but then 30 minutes up to it you know i'm like sweating and the first the first goal was like ah god where's that been you know, it was a great play. Uh, it was a like Matt and I were talking earlier. It was a it was a good win back on the ball by Cam, picked up by Juan who made the move, made a nice pass, and it was the ball was coming on left from right to left on the field. Nagelstad got it, did a nice touch to the right, and the natural tendency of the ball moving with the pass to the left, that defender was drawn a little bit more to his right, Marcus's left, and Marcus was able to take a step around him to his right and have a nice shot and like a goal from out, you know, not, you know, it just, it felt good to see something like that happen. And then, you know, we go into half and we come out and that penalty happens. And I'm like, I think maybe some other people are like, yes, two nil. But I know just as well as y'all, it's the scariest lead in soccer. You're up two nil. One goal changes all of the momentum and it can all be downhill from there. And that's exactly I mean, when they made subs, I saw a complete 180 for them, and we didn't change much. And can I they, can they I completely talk, change the game? Can I talk about our goal for a second? Because it's more of a happy moment. Uh, Nagelstad's goal. Yeah, it yeah, was. It, it was, yeah, the goal from a run of play. It wasn't just the one recovery though. That play starts with a free kick uh, after the referee decided to have a, a two minute book reading conversation. Yeah, that's true. Um, he wasn't reading the rule book. I think it was something from from Disney. Uh, and a cat in the hat in Spanish. Yeah, and 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 red red launches a ball. You know we've got it. We have an opportunity. There's a penalty shout, which was a, I think a legit penalty. Whatever referees are referees, right? Uh, so we lose the ball. La Force gets it. They're they're trying to, to hit the outlet man, um, and and we recover that one as well. And that's and that's Cam Woodfin's recovery that starts the pass to to, to Juan. It's sustained. It's sustained pressure. Defensive and that's pressure. and that's something we've we have not been able to do a lot of. Yep. Uh, especially against, I, I I think back to the the game in, in California. Usually, LA Force when they get the ball, right? We, we've praised them as a, as a really good team. Normally, when they get the ball, even in their defensive half, you know they can they can go ping ping two passes and and, and they're off uh, with the rest of build up. Uh, you know, our, our our defending high up the field was really really good there, um, and and being able to win the ball back inside our op, our, our attacking half uh, keeps them off balance and, and and gave our gave ourselves an opportunity and, and Marcus took his chance, um, so beautifully took it was it was it was it was fantastic, uh, and and something that you know we hadn't seen a lot of but we knew that was uh, was in there was a uh, in terms of the attacking yeah for sure and everything and everything I had been thinking about the attacking. Of, of like just not quite being there, but like I saw, I saw the, like the potential for it, you know, to come out, came out. Yep. Uh, it was a great finish. Uh, nothing the keeper could do. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned the subs for LA force and, and, and what it, what it did and changed. I finally saw, I, I finally saw the match report. Um, and, and I feel, I feel even worse about the match now than I did. 
because we should have won that game. Uh, sometimes, sometimes there's a banger, and the second goal was a banger. Yeah, the second it was, goal it was, was an absolute banger. It could have been better. It, it, it should have been better defended, right? He shouldn't be able to get that shot through. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he gets the shot off, and it's a banger, uh, and a low and a low percentage chance of scoring. Their first goal, a low percentage chance of scoring that. The third goal, also a low percentage chance. Um, and like sometimes, sometimes the other team is just lucky and we're not a lucky team right now. And, and yeah, like I think the goalkeeping should have been a little bit better there. Uh, and I, I specifically, I specifically mentioned that not as a, not as a dig at Reddington, um, because I, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier in, in this, in this rundown with Maryland Bobcats, Reddington made a couple great saves to, to, to preserve a point for us that day. And he's a young goalkeeper, and, and goalkeepers sometimes go through some ups and downs. Uh, so I, I don't think it was a great game from him. I feel like we still still should have been able to manage. He also did have a couple big saves earlier on in that game. Yeah, uh, and and he, and he's able to to uh, yes. I mean, just goalkeepers go through highs and lows sometimes, uh, like a lot like strikers do. And um, I I think I think it just sucks because it happens, you know. Those those moments happened in in a in a massive game. Yep, it should have been us in the final. Um, it should have been us in the final in, in Detroit, and uh, and that sucks. So I I think I, I disagree with a portion of that. Um, and here here's why. So if we're looking, I'm, I'm looking at the game report that you wrote up here, uh, and we have a. Sub Cameron Woodfin. We have Brian Beam that comes in in the 89th. We have Sean Russell getting a red card, which, by the way, changed to a yellow card. But that is a red card at the 86th. We have Alec McKinley coming in in the 84th. And we have uh, Cutler Coleman coming in in the 79th. Um, if you scroll back up, Jay, real quick, that's 79, 84, 86, 89. Scroll, scroll up to the LA Force from the beginning of the, the season. Um, not a very different game script um, in the sense that we were up 2 nothing. Um, sorry, I don't know why up, I can't go find up, it. Go up, 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 uh, no. Legends Cup. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I should have game script. We have a sub in the 65th, the 57th, and the 73rd. I put this game on, and this is, I am, I am, I love, again, I have no less love for anybody, but I put this game on the coaching staff. There are changes to be made. I agree. In this game. You can see in the first game we played LA Force, we were up, we made changes. Early, fit what I say, fifty three, sixty five, and seventy two, or whatever. We didn't make our first change in this game until the seventy ninth minute. Two goals had already happened when we made those changes, and that and that first change was base was due to Sean carrying something yeah, the and then coming off and being hurt. So it wasn't as much of a tactical sub as it was correct. There was no reaction from on a tactical side from, after, from after, the coaching after staff, they changed their game up, they changed their game up and it became painfully obvious from the stands. I remember looking at you and saying, we're fucked Yep, because they started unleashing wave after wave of attacks and we had no answer and no change. Yep, And that's just, in my opinion, a straight coaching blunder. I, you have the opportunity to make changes with personnel or with tactics. And we made neither. We never figured out. And as soon as they scored the first goal, it was still abundantly clear we needed to make changes, and we made no changes until they had scored a second goal. And again, we were we didn't make a tactical sub. That's, in my opinion, why we kept conceding those chances. 
And maybe also it, it is with hindsight, right? Maybe we concede the chances anyway, and maybe we maybe we concede quicker if we make subs. I don't know. But what I can tell you is we made tactical adjustments. If you look at who was subbed in that first LA Force game, it's Cutler Coleman comes in to do a defensive job. Um, I don't even remember who else came in, but it's it's mostly defensive substitutions. In Alec the first McKinley, game. and then the only offensive one was Beeman in for Woodfin. So coming in in this in this later game, we have you know Alex coming in as a. Uh, as not a defensive sub, but an offensive sub in the 84th minute after, we, one. after we've already conceded the third goal. Yep. Like yeah, they, yeah. they scored in the 82nd. Yeah. So there, there are, cha- there are, we bring in an eight in the 89th minute, we make a quote unquote offensive substitution with Brian Beeman. That's an unacceptable non reaction, in my opinion, Same. from the coaching staff. And it wasn't like we drastically changed tactics in the 62nd minute after they made all the changes. We didn't. We kept roughly the same. And we created a couple chances, and that's great. But in my opinion, when you're sitting on a 2-0 lead, you got to Jose Mourinho that shit up. You have to muck up that game. You have to make it so it's hard to score. When they're playing with five, they're playing a, you know, a, like a 4-1-5 or a 4-2-5. I guess it would be a 4. Yeah, 4-2-5. Which is basically, or 4. You know what I'm saying. They're play, they were playing five forwards, essentially, yeah, all at one time. Yeah, shit's on offense, yeah. And they're just bypassing, the, they're bypassing them regularly, bypassing the midfield and bypassing the front three. You got to make a change. So in the moment... In, as the game is happening, I could not agree with you more. Uh, and we talked about this in, in the moment. On a rewatch, and now that I've had a chance to look at the chances that were created, including the goals, but like the other chances that were being created, I think the urgency is a little bit less. I, I actually thought in the moment, and partly because 55 to, to 84 that span in terms of the minutes that was that 30 minute span. I thought it went back in 10 seconds. Like it all felt like it was happening at once. Yeah. Uh, on, on the second, on the second watch, which we did together, by the way. Yeah. Uh, on the second watch, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad. Um, because, because everything was mostly like just being dealt with and was fine. But also you can't see because that's a product also of our, of the def- of our defense that doesn't, give up like we give up a big chance here and there but we don't give up a ton of chances and, it, and it's evidenced by the three goals none of them were big chances none but we still it in live time oh in live time it was it was horrifying and no but in live time we knew because we were giving up these half chances that it was it was a problem even on the rewatch and here's the problem with the rewatch i've thought a lot about this why on the rewatch it didn't seem as, as big a deal and i do think that maybe you know maybe my emotion i'm not maybe for sure my emotions <laughs> played into it in, and they're playing into it now right um, in that we should have made changes. However, and on the rewatch, it wasn't as bad. One of the reasons why it doesn't look as bad is because you can't see the whole field on a rewatch. Potentially. You can see, we could see the whole field. We could see a lot of what was going on. We could see much better. We could see the game much better in person. And I still think it's absolutely unacceptable. And look, everyone has an off game and the coaching staff had an off game on this one. You have to make changes. And and by the way, even if you want to say like, we weren't in trouble until the first goal was scored, which is, Maybe fair from the rewatch that we weren't in trouble till the first goal was. As soon as the first goal is scored, you have to do something. Whether it's bringing in, whether it's bringing in Kyle, who I think we actually didn't. I think as a, a tactical decision wasn't on the bench, um, but you should have had a. Another, I mean, we have we had Kyle Carr on the bench who can do a defensive midfielder job. He is a defensive midfielder or a, a holding midfielder. He was never brought in. We had we could have had Kyle on the bench. He wasn't on the bench, so that's again a coaching decision to deal with a lot of those balls over the top and help deal with Christian Cheney. It's it's a it's a mistake not to make any changes. It's a definition of insanity. And the offense finally worked for a game, 
and we scored two goals, betting that the offense is just going to crush it the rest of the game and get four when we have only scored four game four goals like at the beginning of the season is just naive. I I think you said something interesting in there uh, about about Jose Mourinhoing and mucking up the game, and I'd be curious to get a, a a coaching staff perspective on this. I'm not sure we're good at that. You have to try. I mean, like I I don't I don't. Here's the thing. What I'm pointing out to you is, and why it's such a big deal is we had did the exact same fucking thing against LA Force the first time. We mucked up that game. We didn't muck it up. We absolutely mucked it up. We didn't have. They to. had plenty of chances, of, like half chances in the second half of that game that we just snuffed out that could have that could have resulted in something because we dropped back and just invited pressure and then went and got two more or uh, got another goal at the end. Yeah. So I I disagree a little bit because it wasn't at the end. It was kind of from the run of play, the fourth goal. Uh, LA Force was not was not that dangerous at all, just in general. Now they're they're obviously a better team now, uh, and and I, I said this earlier, the quality of chances they were creating were not were were not that good. There was the, there was the Cheney one off the off the uh, off the bar that was legit terrifying, uh, but it was from a it was from a, a tough angle. Like Reddington mostly had that thing covered. Um, like I, I think I think we're reading into the fact that they got three goals and it felt dangerous, but it was three incredibly low percentage chance goals, and which which means which tells me that the defense like especially like the the three at the back like kind of did their job. So you know how they- so maybe so maybe there's some issues because of, of wave after wave. I think I think one of the things that I've thought about a lot and 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 we actually had co- breakfast with Coach Fuller. The morning after. Yeah, but I didn't ask him any of these questions. I was too, yeah. I was too angry. Yeah. Also, um, also, like it's inappropriate. If I can, I can ask these questions on a podcast. It's, you know, sit, when we're sitting down at breakfast and he's saying, "Hey, boys, you know, I love you guys. Good to see you. Uh, it's gonna be a long drive back today." Me being like, "Why the fuck didn't you make any substitutions?" <laughs> yeah. Would have been a uh, would have been really a um, little little a little harsh. Cruel. Well, and also um, he's, he's my friend. I don't I don't dislike him anymore. I don't dislike him any more or any less. Like I just I don't. Right. I'm, I'm disappointed that he didn't make any adjustments. Uh, I think. I, I I definitely think there's probably something we could have done. Well, by the way, having an extra midfielder back, we don't concede that that long shot that that you're it was lazy defending. Yep. And then it doesn't happen if there's just another body in there, probably. Probably. But you know what we didn't do? Make a fucking substitution. Or change that front three. Or into a make so three. we we started with a front three, which worked to almost perfection. With us creating three huge chances, but but after that's when you're thinking maybe you it, maybe up, you muck it up by up. stuffing the box and stuffing their lanes and then not not making it so easy to get a ball they over made, the top or get a shot through bodies. They made three or four passes to start each move, and suddenly they were through the front three, and they were on to being on. That's because those three against, or four passes happened in the midfield where we had zero resistance. We had numbers. We didn't have numbers. And that's that's a choice that we made. And the bet that Fuller took, it's obvious, the bet that they took was that we were going to get another chance Keep on the scoring. break and we yeah. were going to score another one. And by the way, we almost did. And their goalkeeper made an exceptionally good save on Marcus's shot across the box that could have made it 3-1. Here's the thing. We shouldn't be worried about making it 3-1. We should be worried about keeping our two-goal lead. Winning the game. And we didn't. I agree. We just didn't make any adjustments. We went, mm, that's not working great. Well, that's not working great either. Well, it just sat on our hands. And it's just, it's not an acceptable way to, it's not, if you're playing chess, if you're playing probabilities, especially in knockout football, but if you're playing, you play on probabilities. 
You let your your most talented quote unquote players made plays in this game. Kasek got forward on that run and got fouled in the box allegedly, and <laughs> and and Marcus took the penalty. Marcus Marcus Juan and Cam combined for an excellent goal for Marcus. So your talented players did their job. Now you have the ability to take quote unquote less talented players, right? Guys that maybe aren't starting for whatever reason and give them a specific tactical job to do and change the probabilities of things. And we didn't do it. And then at the end of the game, you know what we didn't have? Any way to change the probabilities to score. Because at the end of the game, we had no other options. We played the offensive card to start the game. We played a 3-4-3, which we hadn't done. And to end the game, when we, we needed we a goal... Played it, we played it in the Detroit match as well. The 3-4-3 three, three, three with Ian up top and Marcus... Well, yeah, that was, a, that, we, that was a new wrinkle. Okay, so like what I'm telling you is we played the offensive card to start the game and it worked. We had no, we had a defensive card to play in the middle of the game. We chose not to play it, and we had no additional offensive card at the end of the game. Okay, so we we had cards to play in our hand, and we just didn't play them. I take I take a little bit of issue when it comes to playing probabilities, because I've seen I've seen the probabilities on the chances, uh, and but you can change what chances you give up by changing the probabilities. We we the same chances don't happen if we change it around. We might have less offensive chances, but we will, unless you make a defensive change that goes poorly. If you make the idea is that you make a defensive change so that your defensive chances are better, we didn't make that chance. Therefore, we continued to concede uh, small. Well, you can call them tiny chances; they still add up. You give up enough of them, and they show they'll score three goals. So we could have changed how we give up those chances by changing the by, or at least tried to, and we didn't. We didn't make a fucking tactical change. We didn't drop Hoff into the midfield until like the 80th minute or the 78th minute or whatever, right before he got hurt. He didn't start dropping deep until right before he got hurt. Yep. Like we didn't even make a tactical adjustment. I could understand if you said, okay, well Hoff is the eight now or Hoff's the ten. He was playing winger the whole game, and he played winger for he was the vast he was, majority. He was, he was dropped before that. Because he's the he's the guy that gets burned on the right. uh, on the second goal on the, in the seventieth minute. Okay, so it took the, till the seventieth minute for him to drop. Okay, probably before that. It, it's he is not he was not regularly picking up balls deep. He was not regularly deeper. We were not doing anything different, anything drastically different. We had cards to fucking play. I we played, I want to I want to point out none of them. I want to point out for for listeners that. I hope I've made the point that I I'd also agree that there, there there should I feel like there should have been something done. I'm not I, I have also, a couple think, ideas think, about it, but I'm not necessarily convinced of I them. I think you I think you look at the stats and it feels good to say we should have won, and it doesn't fucking matter. We didn't. Yeah, that's the analytical like especially when cold, it's, especially when it's side lose and go out. home. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's by the not way, a season. It's the same thing that you say about the original Detroit game where we threw the kitchen sink at them and they only created two good chances. It doesn't matter. We lost. Yeah, but I also I also look at it in that if we if we continue to only give up the types of chances that we did and we continue to create the kind of chances that we did over time then and by the way and by the way time time is not our friend here. Time is not our friend here. Like we lost the semifinal, like we're not playing, we didn't have a chance to play for the final, right? Time's right. not our friend. And the only score only thing that matters is the actual, you know, goals scored, goals given up, okay? Just so we're clear. But over time and, and and this matters because of the eighteen game season coming up. Uh, I, I'm I'm convinced. I'm convinced. And sports is about like all these things, and part of it's luck. And if you give up, you know, five or six three percent chance, three percent scoring chances, and three of those go in, you're just unlucky. Like that, like, you're just unlucky. 
we didn't watch the same game then. Or or the statistician, statisticians that put in the stuff on Scout didn't watch the same game. It's not... That's not all we gave up. Here's the thing. Then you're fucking Man City, where you win you win the occasional league, and by the way, they spend the most money in the world, and you lose every fucking knockout tournament because you have no ability to adapt and do it right. You're fucking Pep Guardiola. Like, sorry, Jay. Like, like <laughs> Man City. You Man City. Be, I mean, I'm. I don't. I don't. I bleed and die by CFC. I mean, Man City. Man City just, gets into. Man City dominates an entire Premier League season. Is obviously the best team in the world, and then they they lack. The they ability lack, to win a one-off. And you know why they lack the ability? Because the coaches don't get it right and because the players don't have the extra gumption, the competitive drive to make to be winners. You There are moments in games where you can be a winner, you can block that shot, you can do whatever you got to do. And yeah. this isn't me taking a shot at CFC players. This is me saying you, there are certain teams do certain things. And Man City can be the best team in the world and lose every fucking knockout tournament, including some of the cups they play in against terrible teams. Because they can't figure out what it takes to be pragmatic. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And there were pragmatic choices to be made in that game, and we didn't make them. Player yeah. performances aside, put all the player performances out. Let's say everybody played equally. You can make pragmatic decisions that can change things, and we didn't make those. And maybe you can, you know, also, you can defend better on that long shot. You can make better saves. But if we're expecting guys to just make better saves or just defend a little bit harder— we're losing. We're missing the part where the you can point. set up. You can set up to win, or you can set up to lose. And we set up to win to start the game, and we set up to lose in the middle of the game. So by not by by not adapting. What I zero th- ad- adaptation. We had cards to play, and w- again, that's why I say once we got to the end of the game, we had no additional offensive card to play. If we had had additional offensive cards, like I could have imagined saying, like, okay, well, you had other chances. We scoring another goal was going to be hard. Which, and I know we had some chances, but the only f- way we had to score another goal was the team that was on the field, and we didn't score. And that's how you—I mean, that's how you judge a team, right? Is what the result was. Is is yeah. And, and and I don't give a fuck about time being on our side. We've had two chances to win to win something. We've lost both of them. One due to bad everything. The entire team had an off night at home, and again, I'll I'll never get over it. Um, I'm not mad at any of the players. I'm not mad at the coach. And I'm not mad at the coaching staff right now, by the way. I just don't understand their thought process. There's a reason they get paid to do it, and I don't. Because perhaps they saw something, which is what maybe maybe I'm completely out in left field, and I Matt's, think, and I Matt's think, right. I think you can put that disclaimer on every single, every single thing I said. being said today. But <laughs> yeah. all of us, not just you. But but the point is— Because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about either. But the point being is we have chan- you know we have chances to make to make adjustments. We didn't make them. And that's why I'm upset, and I realize— So, so there's, there's a— there's The stats a, may, not, bore, may not bear that out. Yeah, the, the fun thing about stats is they end up not mattering except when they do matter. And unfortunately they didn't matter uh, when, when we needed them to. Right. I, I, what I would, what I would add, and this is kind kind of be a segue. Um, if, if, if part of the consideration from the coaching staff was, you know, how do we, how do we actually, if they didn't think that we could muck up the game effectively, then that's a card that we don't have that we need to get. Uh, and and that and that'll that'll take some time. That, that's more of a roster decision. Yeah. Uh, that that could be coming up, or or you know may may have to be you know pushed to the winner or whatever. But like that's that's going to be a thing that, that we have to get better at. Um, and we can all pick out things that we need to get better at as well. Um, but but if that's part of the calculus, if you think you know we may not be able to hold this thing, like we need an extra goal, and you can't muck it up effectively, uh, then then that's a then that's something we have to get better at long term, whether it's in practice or you know when when it comes to personnel. I want to before we before I I, I drive uh, Breezy to actually go get the whiskey bottle. 
Uh, I want to go over some highlights, uh, goals and assists this season, uh, just to kind of get people uh, through 15 games, uh, including Louisville Legends Cup exhibitions, uh, Nisa Spring in the semifinal. Yeah, but not not including those first three preseasons. Correct. Which we talked about earlier. Correct. Uh, Everything from Louisville on. So uh, goals, the goals uh, lead was shared by uh, three players. Marcus Nagelstad with four, Hoff, uh, Sean Hofstadter with four, Ian McGrath with four. Uh, one of Hoff's, and I will mention this for a couple of players, uh, because I, I I value goals. The goal, a goal is a goal. When it's scored, it's in a game. Like it, it counts in the record books. I'll note that one of Hoff's goals did come in the uh, in the May friendlies against NBSL competition, um, and one of and one of Brett Jones's, who was at number uh, with three goals on the season in pretty limited minutes. Uh, one of those was in uh, was in an exhibition game. Uh, Juan Hernandez has two goals. Uh, the Legends Cup back to back games. Uh, Louisville City in the Legends Cup. Uh, or the LA Force game in the Legends Cup, I should I should clarify. Cam Woodfin with one, Tate Robertson with one, Ryan Marcano with one, and Felipe Oliveira that we mentioned with one. Uh, on the assist side of things, KSAC with four. Uh, three guys here, Brian Beamitz, Nagelstad, and Tate Robertson all with two. And then McGrath, Woodfin, Marcano, Brett Jones, Hernandez, and Topher Marshall, each with an assist. Um, Brett Jones and Topher Marshall's assist coming in the uh, in the May friendlies. So uh, obviously the you know fifteen games, pretty small sample size, uh, especially when you consider that some of these you know main guys were out for several several games. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to mention that uh, Jay. Yep, fifteen game season so far. Who's been the most surprising uh, in a positive way. Um, before I say I'm going to stall so I can make a decision, but it how, how nice is it now that we're looking at a calendar year schedule that we're talking about the end of this? You just said 15 games, so we already have our next fall schedule. We're headed into another long season with the Independent Cup, maybe a few friendlies, and the rest of the season. Nearly 40 games by the time we're done. Yeah, it's just that's amazing. You know, for me, when it comes to it, surprising, I don't. Well, my screen just went black. I'm trying to stare at names here. I I don't know. I don't know if anybody like completely came out and surprised me. I will say a good surprise that I liked to see was Pipe finally getting some minutes and having a decent role in a couple of games that showed some promise to be able to see him possibly get some more minutes and have some more goals in the future. So I liked bringing him in. I love Pipe. He's obviously a good friend of mine, anyways. But that I like. I like him and Brett. I like. I like both of their styles of striker. It's something that we haven't seen in a while after we had John Carrier for so long moving in with Pipe and and uh, Cam playing in the NPSL. I'll say that that's my surprise. I'm just glad that Pipe got to get in, get his name on the score sheet, and uh, have an impact. Freezing. I'm I'm shocked that Nick Spielman didn't play 45 minutes this season. He played all but 45 minutes, and th- all, that, those 45 all but minutes, the 45 minutes uh, in the Detroit match away, the first 45. Disappointed in you, Spunky. Should play those last 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, no, just kidding. I, that's actually the where I was going. Is it, it's insane that he's played. Uh, other than that, 45 minutes, he's played every. So single he played. Minute. He played 1315 
minutes. So, so fun fact about Nick Spielman, and this is what Breezy's getting at, and I'll, I'll spell it out a little bit more. With the exception of those 45 minutes in the first half against Detroit just a couple weeks ago, last week, it was last week, whenever it was, since, the ex- since, since Nick Spielman came on for the first time for CFC uh, as a rostered member of the team uh, in the Oakland game, way back in February 2020 mm-hmm. uh, when he's when he when he came on as a substitute then he played every single like every single remaining minute. minute every single remaining minute uh of of the 2020 season he played he finished out the Oakland game played every every bit of the independent cup the the Nisa season including in the bubble he played the two the two friendlies afterward we get to 2021. And up until that Detroit match, he played every single minute. He's always on the field. On. And then he gets subbed on, plays 45, and then goes 90 against LA Force. Uh, whatever, Nick, whatever you're doing, man, to, to stay healthy and, um, and, and stay fit, like keep Knocking it up. Knocking on wood. Yeah, Sorry, keep, podcast listeners. Keep, keep it up. Like, um, and keep, keep it's up just stellar performance. That, that is, that is some really good, um, I mean, what, what do they call people like that? Uh, iron something. Iron men, maybe. Uh, but like that's 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 some incredible stuff. Some George Brett. And by shit. the way, that's not that's not a surprise for me at all. Like that's just an interesting fun fact. Was that a surprise for you? Still, is that what you're going with? What if what if Spielman what if Spielman was like, you know, I just found this guy named Jocko Willink, <laughs> and he just pushed me to excellence. <laughs> I'm just uh, no, I'm just shocked he he. Uh, I'm shocked he played that many minutes. It's, it's just crazy when you think about that. That er, since 2020, exactly what you just said. That that's the crazy part. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to go with surprises outside of that. Um, it was okay. a it was a left field question. I admit. Yeah, like uh, I think that. Yeah, that's, yeah. My heart was racing when I was trying to answer. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like you look at the it's it's also interesting looking at numbers versus performances. You know, and there's a lot of things that like can't always be explained by statistics, right? Like. Statistics miss stuff. Um, there's, if you look at, for example, Burnley um, in the Premier League, there was like four straight seasons where they have drastically, um, and well, significantly, not drastically, significantly outperformed their expected goals every year defensively. And the question is not um, what, like, what in the world, like, they're just lucky. Actually, it's what is the, what are the statistics missing? Um, which is uh, actually the, one of the cruxes of my argument for the, for the LA force game and, and for the Detroit game, right? Like uh, watching the games matter and statistics aren't perfect. Um, so looking at these statistics, whether it's, it's interesting to see whether or not, um, something's missing or not. Um, we just, we kind of underachieved this year. Two, two and four is it's bad. And if we gave, a if we gave a, a first half of the season, you know, out of 10, I'll give us a four of 10. We were, this was bad. We had two good games, by the way, I think that's a fair rating. We had two good games that got us into a semifinal, and we were. I don't. I don't think you're saying anything that somebody at the club wouldn't agree with. The oh, and the only reason I'm giving us a four is because we actually ended up in the semifinal. Otherwise, right. it's a two and a half or three. Yeah, yeah. It I, was. I think that's a. Yeah, I think it's fair. Two, two, and four is terrible. Um, we got more talented this year, on, on a like as as like overall soccer talent on the team. We got. More talented, and we were significantly worse on the field. And I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what the deal is. Um, you know, I don't. I don't love any. Again, I don't love anybody any less. But like, this was a tough season. 
and a tough half of the season. And this was honestly, and going, I'm a bit of a pessimist. This was our best chance to win a title, knowing that we were already in the semifinals from the beginning, because we're going to play an 18 game season against a bunch of teams that have a double the payroll that we have. And the you know my Man City quip earlier. The reason like Man City wins the league every year is because they have one of the best coaches in the year in the world, and they have the one of the largest payrolls in the entire world. And so over a 30 something game season, that can play out. And I have a I struggle to believe that over an 18 game season, and, I, and I'm glad to be wrong. But I've, it's going to be it's a much harder and much heavier hill to climb over an 18 game season or a 30 game season or a 40 game season to win outright than it is to get to the playoffs, figure out how to win a knockout tournament. Yeah. And I realize there's luck involved on both sides, right? Like, I, And I, I fully admit that you have to get some luck to make this, it. This is why the NCAA, NCAA tournament is so much fun for basketball because like, all of a sudden it's one-offs and like weird crap happened. Like but, weird shit happened. But we won we won two games and then we we failed miserably. And then we never figured it out. We had, we had, we had ostensibly had eight more, we had eight league games plus two friendlies. We had 10 games to figure it out and we never did. We never figured it out. It all led up to one game, and we didn't figure it out. And I've already said my whole piece, so I won't rehash what I said about that game, but we didn't figure it out, and now we're back to square one. And I, I, this is purely emotional. I'm, you know, I, I don't know how we're going to figure it out for this game where there's no playoffs after this. So we don't have the option to be, at the beginning of this year, I said, I, and I said this, I think, last year too, I understand that we're, we're in the smallest market in NISA. We are not likely to be a high payroll team. We're not currently, we're not likely to ever be. And that is what it is. We're a small, we're a small city with our, uh, a chip on our shoulder, and I, and I want a team with a chip on its shoulder. And I'm not saying this team doesn't have a chip on its shoulder. It has to have a chip on its shoulder to do well. But here's the thing: we, if if there's going to be playoffs, we need to get to the playoffs. That's been what I've said since the beginning. Get to the playoffs, finish top four. So I'll give some credit for that. Finishing in in the playoff place, we didn't finish in a playoff place in the table though. And if if we don't with no playoffs ostensibly this fall that I've seen announced. It's probably just going to be single table because they'll play the fall winner against the spring winner if they do a fall and spring or whatever. But there's, as far as we know, there's no playoffs for this for this fall. There won't be a chance to do anything but come in first. So this this fall, it's first or bust, or second or bust, or whatever. Like I mean, it's get it's get in shouting distance to first because there's no option to work your way into the playoffs. Got to got to give yourselves an opportunity. And, and my my thought is always work your way into the playoffs. With a chip on your shoulder, with the you know the world stacked against you, and then make it happen in the playoffs. And boy, is that going to be hard? So because you have, you have to get first because there's no playoffs this, as far as we know this this fall. So for me, the four out of ten is completely fair. It's reasonable. Um, I I think part of the reason why why I I take a little bit of a longer analytical view. Uh, it, it partly it's my just how I'm hardwired. Part of it's a coping mechanism. <laughs> Uh, but I do think that some of the stuff we I, so like I don't think we're going we shouldn't go back to square one. I don't know what square is good and what square is bad, but like we don't we're not at square one. Oh, I agree. We're I, uh, we're, we're and I, I, I realize it was a phrase. I don't want I don't want to blow the team up and start over necessarily. Yeah. Like that's I think, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's something missing and I want it to be better. And it, I don't know how it gets what, better. What I've seen this year is that I think the results have have done us a little unlucky. And I think with some a couple adjustments, with some with some meshing uh, and, and some more consistency, I think this is a team that that can that can perform and be, you know, it'll be ten teams uh, in the in the fall, 
you know, we'll add Chicago in and everyone else is coming back. I think this is a team that, Alleg- that allegedly that can that can compete uh, that can compete for a title. I think it's going to be hard as hell, and we'll probably pro- we'll probably have to get some luck along the way. I mean, Detroit went undefeated this year in 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 the spring portion, right? You know, I don't think th- they're not invincible. They've had uh, they've they have their, a, run, their current run of titles says elsewhere. They're a really <laughs> otherwise they're a really good team. Uh, but they've also and, and like their defense is is incredibly good, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the they they improved the defense so much uh, from from the fall. Their offense isn't that good. Fun fact: it's not that good. They don't need it to be that good though, because they can grind you and be- get that one nil win. Because they can play the probabilities. Um, <laughs> uh, they're 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 exceptionally good at that. So, you know, if they don't if Detroit. If Detroit's defense gets just a little bit, a little bit worse, quote unquote, like if they get a little bit more unlucky, and their offense doesn't like start to tick enough, they can they, maybe they'll maybe they'll lose games. I don't think I think Breezy thinks they're never going to lose a game ever again in history. I don't think they'll lose another important one. I, I not until not until they leave Nisa, they're not going to lose another important one. That's been proven. They've won the left. They won the Legends <laughs> Cup. Uh, they won the Legends Cup. They won the Members Cup. They won the fall fall, which was the. I see what you're they saying. Won th- they've won, won every. Time. They yeah. won every available. They, one. Since they went quote unquote pro, same time we did. They haven't lost a fi- an, an important. The game. last important game they lost was the AFC Cleveland or just Cleveland SC or whatever they're called in the MPSL in the uh, region final or in something like, like that. 2018. It was 19. But yeah, uh, I, I the points well taken. If you're looking for things to watch for in the fall season, uh, if their defense just gets marginally worse and their offense doesn't get better, they're they're going to drop some points. Uh, and a team, I mean, like, look, if you look at the, and granted, eight games is not enough of a sample size, right? It's not. 18 is a pretty good sample size. Finally. And But in, in eight games where you're playing, you know, we, we went to LA. They didn't come here in the regular season portion. So as that, as that, as that kind of works itself out, I wouldn't be surprised if I mean, like LA was only two points off of Detroit uh, on, on, on the season in the end. So I think, I think there's a chance that it's competitive. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say something and will probably be proven wrong here again, but I'm going to keep saying it because if I keep getting proven wrong, I'm going to keep saying it for the rest of time. I think how United is going to be pretty good this fall. <laughs> I think that, you know, they've got a chance. They've got the players to figure it out. Uh I mean, like you got to think that a team with Omar Nuno and Darwin Lams could become going to become real good re- at some point, you know. Uh, like they've got they've got some really good talented players. They spend more money than anyone else in the league, uh, and and you know maybe it's I don't know what's happening over there, but like they should be they should be really really good. This thing, uh, this thing can be super competitive. We've seen the Bobcats get better. We've seen Stump Down surprise. Uh, and yeah, if the Michigan Stars aren't lot. still broken, they're a tough out for anyone. Yeah. They took points from Detroit uh, in this spring. Uh, one, of, one of only two points that they took from, from anyone after us. So, you know, you can't, you can't take anything for granted in this league. And, and if you don't bring it, and, and, and I'm saying this for, for ourselves as well, if we don't bring it every, each and every single night that we play, what what is good can become ugly pretty fast 
Uh, and and what what is struggle and not good enough in, in our case can all of a sudden look pretty good. So I, I don't I just don't think we're that far off. And you know there'll be there'll be a couple changes there'll be a couple changes made. You know as, as we go through July and, and get ready for the uh, and go through the independent cup and these friendlies and get ready for the fall season. Uh, as of, as of today, as we're recording right now, we don't know what those are. Um, in terms of like, you know, roster contracts, things like that, you know, we don't, we don't know yet. So we, we can do, we could do another pod kind of later on and on that front when, when some things are settled. Um, but I, I, I firmly believe we're not, I, I don't know. If, I, I think there might be people out there that think we're like, you know, oh, we're awful. Like, you know, we're 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 so far away. Like, blow everything up. We're not. We're not. We're not there. No. This isn't a Toronto FC situation at all. Uh, just Google it in case you're curious. Um, but that being said, it has to get better. And to kind of wrap this all up, the league also has to get better. We mentioned that before, but I, w- I want to say it again. Uh. With housekeeping things. With housekeeping things. Like, yeah. take care of your shit. It's, like, fucking obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, that, I think that's they will. Where, that's where I am. I think they will. I think the club's going to bounce back. By the uh, way, I don't think they will. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. I hope... I, in terms maybe, of the league. I'll change... You're right. I believe I believe in the team. I have, cha- I, I have hope in this team, and it's going to be the hope that kills me, but I've got hope in this team. I'll change my wording on the league. I hope they get their shit together. So we're pushing, we're pushing time right now. We are um, pushing time. So... We've got we've got five games coming up, uh, two games two games home and away with Appalachian FC from the NPSL, three games in the Independent Cup, uh, Atletico Atlanta, who should be a pretty good that'll be a tough test uh, on the weekend away to Savannah Clovers, home again to Soda City, uh, then we'll have a weekend off, and then it'll be the first of the first of eighteen matches in sixteen weeks for the Nisa fall season. And you know what, if you were, if you're hoping for a little bit of a break, it's not coming. Um, I hope the players have been able to, to take a couple days and, and to relax a little bit. Um, Cause it's going to be, I mean, professional soccer is a long season and especially coming off the, the emotional, uh, in, the emotional roller coaster that was the semifinal um, for fans, for fans as well. Like, you know, Take a, you know, maybe, maybe take a, take, take a beat or a breath and, you know, get ready to get ready to get out there on Wednesday night and support the boys. And, um, that goes for all of us in, in, in here as well. Um, and, and yeah, I'll, I think I, I am still hopeful. Uh, I, I said that before a couple I'll times I'll always now. be hopeful and that's, that's the downfall sometimes. <laughs> no, no, I am. I, here's the thing. Like, hope so it kills you and I have way too much of it. Yeah. I, I, we've, we've been, we've talked like a lot about how we're not feeling good about whatever and we're sad about whatever. And we're all sitting here hoping like rolling in August 7, we're all going to be hoping for a, a Nisa title. Like everything's off the, yeah, er, er, we can say all table, we, the, we can the, say the all we clean. want, we can say all we want about like, Oh, like coming in seventh, like that isn't great. Like it's been a rough season, you know, we can, and we can say now like, you know, let's, we want to see that improvement. Like we want to out of 10 teams, like can we get like fourth or whatever would, would be a normal playoff spot come August 7th. I want to go fucking win this thing. And, yeah, and, like, always. and, and then we're going li- to live that roller coaster. Uh, whether that's, that, that's justified or not, that's, that's the life we're going to live. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're, have to all, do we're, the thing. The, we're always going to be here 
and fuck sports yeah. in, in general. Sports are a wild thing. Like soccer, especially like the dumbest shit happens in the sport. But I think, I think what Jay's about to say is where you go, will follow isn't conditional. Oh yeah. And, and the podcast, Not at all, yeah. podcast isn't going anywhere. Obviously uh, the Chattahoogans aren't going anywhere. And the support uh, for the boys isn't going yeah. anywhere. And, and I'm, I'm fucking excited for these friendlies. Um, I'm excited to see what we, and I'm excited to see what we build going into. Cause you know what the, the best part about all of this um, coming up short of where we hoped, right. Is that we have a chance. We have a redo. Like redo's we, we, coming. we have an opportunity to, to find to, that offensive identity, keep the good defense rolling and, you know, go in, go win a Nisa fall championship. Yeah. As, as much as I said, I just, I know I'm telling you, I'm talking about <laughs> both sides of my mouth. As, I know I just said like, I don't think, I don't, I think it's gonna be really difficult and I don't expect us to do it. Also, fucking right we're gonna let's, go do let's it go like, do it let's, let's go, go do it let's, let's go, go do it go. yeah seriously and in and, and anything just just as another disclaimer like when it whenever there's any um anything said from especially i think all of us but for, especially now i'm speaking for myself but if i say anything about anybody whether it's uh coaching players or whatever that does not that does not mean that i don't trust that person to go out there on the field again like i'll always back anybody in blue so like i just hope you know, I just want that to be known that there's no, when when it seems like bashing, it's not bashing. The trust is always there, and I'm always going to be down in nooners in the in the seats yelling at y'all. So that's my nooners. Disclaimer. down and, in and nooners. Hang on, baby. hang on. Can we can we end the podcast on maybe the most important question? Of What's the night? a nooner? What's a nooner? Oh, high noons. Dude. I know what they are. They're like they're like seltzers, but without all the crappy carbonation. It's more juice juice based. Dude, drink them. You'll be like, what is this Powerade? That has alcohol in it that tastes nerd. amazing. Just drink a real seltzer. Well, I mean, why? Wait, why is that nerdy? <laughs> Matt doesn't know how to do insults. <laughs> he was he was bullied a lot. <laughs> oh, he, dude. Thinks, he got called a nerd, so now he calls you a nerd. Uh, so Matt, by the way, the best insult you could possibly ever give someone is calling him nerd. Yeah, you're it's right. Kind of a compliment. Wait, it's a compliment. But also, yeah, yeah. but also, like certain people like resent it so hard. Yeah, it's like that they won't know how to do it. And it's like it's like wow, like it's it's a lot less like spiteful, you know, like calling somebody a dick or an asshole, but when even if you're like, dude, you're you're kind of a jerk. You're, just you're a, a nerd. You're just a nerd. Take All right, it, dude. All right, boys. Let's wrap it up. All right, man. Uh Matt if anybody wants to bitch at you about your terrible takes today, as well as all of ours, where can they find you on the social medias? You can find me on Instagram at I am Coniglio, but if you bitch at me on Instagram, you'll probably just get blocked because that's a place for cats and happiness. Uh, on Twitter, you can bitch at me. I'll accept that. Uh, although all my takes are right and fouling is winning. You can find me at Whiskey is Fine. What about you? Uh, oh, almost called you Smitty. Wow. Hey, that's nice. that would have been a compliment. Yeah, it would have been. What about you, Breezy? Uh, you can find me on the internet. All right, you can find me on Instagram at letter J, on Twitter at section109pod, and we will see you guys on the next one. Love you, boys.